I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Core. This is Core episode uh, 234. It's September 1st, 2nd. It's the 2nd, 2020. <laughs> it's the fall time. It's weird and cool here. I just had two of John's uh, people, not your people, but people of Arizona, of the Phoenix area, up here uh, at the house for a couple of days. We're doing some family stuff, and um, they were uh, commenting how cold it seemed. And yeah. I'm like, dude, it's still like 102 here. And they were wearing like a sweater. So what's that yeah, about? Yeah, 102 is refreshing. That's us when we're like, oh, the fall is coming. <laughs> like, it's been really bad. We've yeah. had, we've set records for like the past three months here. Yeah, you're and pushing. we've barely like, seen a drop of rain on top of it. Pushing so like 120 like or 115. Yeah. Clouds. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. It seems impossible. It's not human what you do. Air conditioning. Oh. That's a, it's, but what if your air conditioner died? Then what? What do you do then? Then what? You see a lot of really crabby people, and you oh. impose on family immediately. You're like, guys, I'm coming over. Oh my gosh! It's almost like you had you'd have to because you're gonna die in that heat. So good. I'll get wear it. a mask, and you're just gonna see me in my underwear, and you're just gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, well, that's John, of course. Bo Schwartz also joining us. Never has temperatures that high, but can get them the opposite, just as low, I suppose. Wait, what does that oh, mean? Get, it gets cold here. Yeah, you go. You get sub zero, right? You get down in the. Uh, I don't know. The, the you di- mean sub-zero Fahrenheit style. Oh, yeah, I do. Whatever it is below freezing. If it's Celsius style, it's zero all winter. <laughs> it's below zero all winter. 
Okay. But so, uh, Fahrenheit, I don't What's the translation? Well, thirty. it's about 32 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing. So what's freezing? Zero? Absolute zero is freezing for you guys, right? Uh, uh, yeah, zero is the freezing point. Yeah. And you're below freezing most of the winter. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's plenty cold. Yeah. yeah. I can get as low as in the minus 40s. Yeah. Uh, so that might be your zero in Fahrenheit. I don't know. It sounds awful. And uh, then, I'll, then again, I have some of that myself coming. So anyway... Fall is here, 103. Pretty good. May we all live through this summer. Okay. Uh, it's good to be here. we got a lot to talk about. Actually, we don't have a ton to talk about, but enough interesting stuff to talk about that we can call it a show, so let's do it. Well, as, as often uh, is the truth on Wednesdays, there are a few stories that dropped from the trees of video game life. One of them was NVIDIA. Yesterday? Or today? I've got my days all mixed up. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it's not today. Okay. So I'm thinking yes. Yesterday, because, I don't know, my life's been weird the last seven days. But yesterday, they announced and showed off the new Series 30 uh, video cards. So last year, you had the Series 20, 2080s, 2080 TX, TXs, XIs, whatever they were called, the kind of high-end one. Uh, some more entry-level stuff, 2080, no, 2070s, I think was the, the lower end. Looks a little like that this year, except here are the distinctions. You got the NVIDIA 3070, 500 bucks. We'll talk more about why that seems kind of rad, actually, price-wise, and why it maybe is significant this particular year. Uh, in the middle, you have your standard kind of mainline card, which is the 3080, and that one is $700, 699 Oh, I like it. Sorry, my daughter's walked and got a haircut. <laughs> Uh, oh, I thought you were just commenting on the 3080. You were yeah. like, <laughs> no, no, no. Just on her cool new hair. I like it. It looks nice. What? Oh, they're walking the baby and the dog. They'll be back. Sorry. It's a crazy around here. Uh, so anyways, and then on the high end, you have the 3090, which is kind of the, re- well, not replacement, but kind of the, the TX or the TI. Sorry. I keep saying TX. The TI kind of card. It's the high-end one, and for a lot of reasons, including it's huge, but that thing's $1,500, all right? But it'll do 8K, 60 frames per second, a whole bunch of other cool stuff, which we can get into. It depends on how, you know, I don't know how detailed we want to get, but basically, this is where I think this is all kind of interesting this year in particular. We have two new consoles coming out. Still don't have dates or prices, by the way, which is weird. That's very weird, this late in the game. Anyway, whoever's going to blink first, we're going to find out, and then we'll kind of have an idea. But we all think these consoles are going to be somewhere in the $599, $700 range, somewhere in that range. And maybe less for the digital version, more for the ones with optical discs. Uh, Microsoft hasn't even really confirmed the second S series, which may be digital only anyway, blah, blah, blah. We don't know any of the details on that, but basically some pretty capable consoles coming that can do a whole lot of stuff with their GPU. These GPUs immediately supersede those in terms of capability, and the entry-level one is only $500. Now, you might say, well, that's still too expensive for a video card, and I understand. This isn't going to be for everybody. But as somebody who uh, is excited about the fact that we're finally getting to the place where this RTX technology slash ray tracing stuff is actually going to happen now, and it's going to happen because console development has it built in with these new consoles, PC development has increased use of the technology. 
games cross over all the time, get released on both platforms. We are now entering a time where you're going to start to see those fidelity jumps kind of across the board. And as a PC gamer, I think that 3070 looks really attractive. It does. It outperforms uh, the 2080 Ti by a large margin still. Yeah. And, And that's a pretty significant leap to be able to say, hey, here's this, you know, $1,200 card, and now here's a $500 low-end new one that's going to outperform it by a significant sum. Yeah. Is there um, any significant increase to the power draw? Yes. Uh, power supply needed, well, for the $1,500 one, you need an 800-watt power supply. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know it's a monster. Um, let's see if I can find the other two. The other two may not be as, as staggering. Um, okay. So didn't make a big deal out of it. So I don't think it's that bad. Well, it's the kind of thing you wouldn't want to because, or you wouldn't want to put too much sunlight on because people get freaked out about, you know, having to upgrade other parts of their systems. Um, for example, the, the, the high end one, the 3090, uh, has these massive fans, some kind of weird silencer technology that's going to make it not sound like a jet plane taking off. And it needs three PCI slots. Uh, I don't know if that's just yeah, worth of space or they're all going to big as a man. Yeah. It's big. It's, 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 it's really, really big. Um, which is, is, I don't know, I guess it's par for the course, right? These are always a little big when they get released and we're always a little bit shocked about how big they're getting. But, but that $1,500 one is a freaking freaking monster. Um, let's see. I'm going to read you what that thing's got. Uh, they had uh, it says they uh, there was a lot of assumption, and apparently this confirmed with some of their some of their uh, some of the stuff they gave the press. But their top tier graphics cards have done really well. The Titan RTX was a is their current mega card, and that thing sold really well. Like, and it's not just for gamers either. That thing's used for all sorts of stuff. So this 3090, um, 14.99. Let's see. It says it will be. I got it. It's uh, it requires the the thirty ninety requires three hundred and fifty uh, watts for the graphics card. Just for the card. The the thirty eighty is uh, three twenty. Yeah. And uh, the other one is two twenty. Two twenty. So two twenty would just. I think I just work in mine. That's graphics card power. The overall system power. The requirements are seven fifty. For both of the high end models and six fifty, um, for the low end, for the low end, and uh, the what was the other one? And it's two slots for PCI card slots um, for the low end and three for the high end. Three for the high, yeah. Mi- uh, middle and low end both two. It looks like so this yep. big expensive card, which some people are going to want because they're crazy, and that's fine. Be crazy as you want to be, whatever you can afford, but. Uh, this thing's going to offer offer fifty percent more speed and performance compared to the RTX Titan. Uh, it has twenty four gigabyte of GDDR six X memory. That's really fast memory, fastest there is. Uh, it's mind boggling in terms of price and power. Not only uh, totally off the table, but those building mega machines. Nvidia is referring to this card as a BF GPU. <laughs> mm. They say that's short for big ferocious GPU. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah no, there's no swear words there or anything. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. You believe that? I don't believe that. Uh, the, the, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, so, da, 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 I'm sticking around. Okay. As a result, the three, uh, 3070, 3080, and obscene 3090 all look to be shoe-ins for best graphic cards lists uh, everywhere, and their release will be over the next couple of months. So these are coming out soon. 
honestly, the only one that really jumps out to me is the 3070. The other two feel like overkill to me for the for the price, but also for whatever jump I would get from the 2080 I have now. Well, there's another aspect to it. What's that? Uh, the card, the benefits is the cards are no longer just used for graphics. Mm. So I know I encode using the NVENC codec because yeah. my CPU, it just bottlenecks my system too much. Mm-hmm. And it's really great yeah. if you can use your video card for encoding. So if this thing is a beast, yeah, then you don't need to be giving money over to, uh, what's that, Elgato or whoever for your stream encoder, like right. your separate, like, if this, this if this thing is a powerhouse, you can do your graphics and your stream encoding on this bad boy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I already do that with my 2080 and mm-hmm. use the NVEC encoder for streaming, recording, and I'm playing everything at full quality at 1440p or whatever my monitor does. doesn't do quite yeah. 4K. So, so, so you have to think that this will, you know, do that and more. Um, laptop stuff is presumably coming, but probably not the 3090 level specs. That's just too much stuff in a, in a, in a notebook, but you can expect the 3080 to 3070 stuff to show up in, in a more uh, discreet form for notebooks coming out this fall. Anyway, they look rad. <laughs> and, and and honestly, it does feel like an answer. It's like them saying to PC gamers, hey, um, you know, big gear for consoles, which is which is always traditionally a big leap forward uh, in terms of graphics prowess and other tech. So we're going to meet that moment with our own answer to that. <laughs> and and PC gamers are already used to spending, <clears throat> you know, $1,400, $1,500 on their rig, plus maybe more for a, a blown out video card. And a lot of people have already got rigs that will just take this card. I mean, now I'm looking at my power supply over there. It's a 750 already, so I'm ready for uh, the top two. I don't yeah. think I would buy those. But the $500 card, given how much of a leap over my 2080 it is, I mean, holy crap. They they, they really created the old and busted fast this, this time. Um, yeah. But you also, honestly, if you have a 2080 now or anything around that, I feel like you're okay. Hang on for a while if your things are tight because – these are still amazing graphics cards. They are RTX capable, meaning that ray tracing stuff that'll start hitting games sooner and more uh, quickly or whatever. You've got capability for that. Whether or not you can do that at 4K at 60 frames per second and have ray tracing. I mean, those are, we're going to have, you know, obviously big jumps in that. But for the most part, for most gamers, if you're already there, I think you maybe can wait until the 40 series uh for the most part but i'm i'm tempted yeah. on that low end one for whatever reason. i'm very tempted i i think i m- may have mentioned this last time but um i i went low not low i have a 2070 but it was definitely when i was putting my computer together and i was going yeah give me you know really good on just about everything uh the one thing that i held out on was the video card because yeah. I knew we were coming up on new video cards. And so I'm, I'm tempted. And like you said, even that lowest level one would be a, a huge upgrade yeah. uh, from a 2070 to that. So I'm, I'm thinking about it. I didn't expect them to come out and essentially be the price of what you would pay for the current high end video cards that are out. Yeah. I talked to the owner of Doghouse systems this week <clears throat> he believes that that 3070 will be the best-selling video card of 2020. That's what he said. And 2021, for that matter. So I don't think it's... Normally, you don't eye the, the what feels like the entry-level price one, right? Normally, it's like, man, eh, that's for 
That's your bargain basement. What you really want is the mainline one. I can live without the TI, but I need to, you know, I need the good one. But it sounds like this is a really good one, you know? And the other one's real yeah. good too, but it's not that, you know, it's not, is it worth an extra $300? I don't know. Probably not. $200, I guess. But then again, so maybe the it is. So is the lowest of the series, right? Correct. Of yeah. the ones announced yesterday, yeah. Huh. So they may still it do. Looks like, it looks like the baller one. Like I haven't looked at the other two yet. I'm just looking at 3070 and it looks like the expensive one. It's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, it's crazy. But these are beefy, badass looking cards. <clears throat> uh, I think the, yeah, the, the 90 is the one with the two fans. And then the other two are single fan. Which makes sense. Anyway, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I may have a. I may have a hand me down twenty eighty soon. I don't know, can't tell. Oh, and if you have a micro, uh, what's those? What are those cases called? The itty bitty. Uh, there's a kind of case I forgot what they're called. Like a micro tower or something like that. Yeah, or? those exist. Yeah. Those are a problem. Small form factor or whatever. Yeah, they, you're probably going to be out of luck. Maybe, maybe the seventy fits. ITX is that it? Mi- micro ATX. That's it. Uh, you may be screwed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, this is only the first party stuff, and this doesn't count any of the the OEM versions of the cards that come out too. So all of the other manufacturers that are all putting the name on it and, and building their own cards that hasn't happened yet. It does with every run, so that'll be soon, and and maybe some of those people will have you know micro ATX in mind. Um, but I think this is for people with big fatties on their desk. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so there's that. That's going on. Ubisoft. Oh, Ubisoft. They've yeah. been they've been in some trouble lately. <laughs> you guys may be aware. Uh, even more recent trouble. They did that. There's a big controversy about them, including some Black Lives Matter imagery in their upcoming Tom Clancy game, and it's all really tone deaf stuff. And they're apologizing again, but it's like as if they didn't have anything else. But they're finally talking about gods and monsters again. Oh yeah. They changed the name though to Immortals Phoenix Rising. So I assume Marcus Phoenix finally back from the dead. Marcus Phoenix, Gears of Wars, Marcus Phoenix in Immortals, Marcus Phoenix Rising. Right, John? going to wear a, uh, like a Greek style uh, do rag on his head. <laughs> oh, good. Finally. No, uh, what is, I mean, other than that, is it just the name or we got something else? There's some speculation that the game is going to be reworked from what it had kind of appeared to be previously. Um, <laughs> one thing, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want to throw too much shade right now because we don't know. They're at their next event. They're expected to show what it's actually going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there have been a couple screenshots of what the new game is going to look like. Yeah. And uh, Scott, unsurprisingly, this sounds like maybe the most Ubisoft thing. Uh, Gods and monsters seem to feature a female protagonist, and you'll never guess. Phoenix Rising seems to feature a male protagonist. Ah, uh, weird. <laughs> so they're uh, they're continuing their their wonderful trend of just going like, eh, let's change this. Um, but we don't know. So gods and monsters was going to be Greek mythology. It was going to be kind of a, uh, legend of Zelda. Uh, what was the name of the Yeah, It's very, one? very breath of the wild looking. Yeah. Yeah. Breath of the wild seemed to be what they was drawing inspiration from. They believe that this is going to be kind of a rework of that. And, uh, a, a shift in focus, the Phoenix is apparently the name of the main character. 
Um, I don't know. Honestly, Gods and Monsters might not have been the greatest name, but I think Immortals Phoenix Rising is worse. Yeah. I don't want another colon name. You know, I'm tired of those. Give me something cool. It's a bad name. It's a pretty bad name. But they're, I don't know, they're whatever. If the game looks, the game looked really cool when they first showed it. I need to see more now to see what's changed besides the name. But yeah. um, but there was also some criticism back then where people are like, that looks too much like Breath of the Wild. You cheaters, you rip off artists. You know, there was a lot of that. Um, maybe they're responding uh, to some of that. I don't know. I mean, it kind of does. You look at it and it's like, oh, there's a little link looking dude. Kind of. I'm OK with that. I'd like to play a Breath of the Wild style game on my PC. Yeah. Instead of. Yeah. The switch. Yeah. Hell, I'd play it. Well, I don't know if anyone's done it yet, but I'd play Breath of the Wild on the PC now if they could figure out a way to do it. It's probably some hack. And I wouldn't argue with more Greek mythology. They did so good with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They could do more. Yeah. I tend to agree. Also, um, got a deal the other day. No, it was free. Somebody gave me a code for the the complete Titan. What's it called? Titan Quest. Titan Quest uh, collection plus the new. They put out a whole new chapter to that thing, I guess. Yeah, the whole new DLC that was like full price. I think it was like seventy dollars or something. Yeah, like I want to check like that out. I got it finally, so I'm going to check it out. But uh, I mean, the screenshots look like it's the same old game, so it's like, oh, this is a hard sell. But yeah. at the same time, it's probably only the hardest of hardcore Titan Quest people are going to want to buy that. You know? Yeah, the game still looks pretty good though. Weirdly, kind of freaks me out how that game hasn't aged that much visually. Like it still looks pretty good. Yeah, came mm. out in like '06 or something like that. That game is always iffy to me because mm. it killed a computer of mine. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait for a minute. some reason, <laughs> this is amazing. It's here. still in my head all these years later that it's going to do it again. Like if I play <laughs> that game, it's going to just come in and just stab my computer and be like, "We got another one." Well, wait. Gotcha. When, when you say it killed it, what happened? Overheat? Just like killed a video yeah, card? Yeah, I, I was. It was I was pushing what my video card was willing to do for Titan Quest. It was a brand new game. I was playing it on a very old system and I was going, I want to see it. I want it to look pretty. Mm-hmm. And uh, settings were set where they were and the game was played and then the computer died. Damn. I understand yeah. that, though. I, I'm where when I've had major computer things, I'm so wary of the thing that I think caused it. I think about it always. It's happened to me before. I had a heat sink once that just lost its sink and stopped working. <laughs> I never trusted heat sinks again. And so it was like when they started putting fans on those things, I was like, Oh, finally, finally, it's not just the heat sink. That was a long time ago though. It was like 46 yeah. Pentium days. Um, anyway, uh, what's the point? Oh, so we'll know more soon. When's the next event? We don't know when that is or do we? It's coming up soon. I think, uh, when was it? I don't see it it just says later this year oh is it launching this year the next event is going to be september 10th okay so not that far i guess i bet they're hoping that's enough time for everyone to forget that they have a huge harassment problem at the company and (laughs) other issues we'll see hey guys remember when we were fun and you liked us a lot yeah you remember that time that Patrick Bejar could make it through an entire presentation we gave without getting up and leaving because he was so disgusted. <laughs> you remember yeah. that? Those good old days where he actually wanted John and Scott to stop talking so he could hear it. Not yeah. Just leave. And he was proud of, you know, this French company 
That's in his Wait, hometown. did that really happen? Did oh, he yeah. walk out of an Ubisoft? And yeah, really? he totally did. Me and me and John and him. Oh, were, I missed this one. We were we were covering the Ubisoft thing live, and Patrick. I think the audio is on this on the feed. If anyone missed it out there listening, I, mean, I usually watch those, but I must have missed that. I don't, I don't recall this at all. So not even halfway is probably what first quarter through it. I think They'd, yeah, I think they'd shown one game. Yeah, and then and he was just pissed. He's I, like they're not. Gonna, I respect it. Like oh, I, I totally don't. I don't it. think he did anything. I don't think he did anything wrong. And especially if you're feeling uncomfortable with it, don't sit there and you know play hype man for a company that's doing something awful. Like he he felt that very personally, and and I don't I don't blame him or fault him at all. But it was funny. No, it was still. It was, it was still I mean, it had a it had a hint of humor because it's just Patrick and he's. He's a he's a principled guy, but he's funny when he does stuff principled, and he stuck to his guns that day. And I, I totally respected it. It was fine. Um, and he also, by the end of it, wasn't that wrong about how it wasn't. It was pretty uneventful too. It was kind of I don't know. Yeah, that was not a great present presentation. But I can't imagine anyway. going up in the wake of all that to do something like that. Right. That seemed well, crazy. And that was yeah. his point was that they not only did they do that, but then they didn't acknowledge it on the thing. Yeah. And their excuse was it was pre recorded and we sat there and saw them have plenty of opportunities to put a sign up or something, but instead all they did was tweet it and say, uh, Hey, we're not gonna talk about it. Yeah. It was lame. Yeah. It was lame. But so when he did that, it was like just it was just a new it was a new phase of Patrick I hadn't experienced before. They should have just not done a presentation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just skipped it. Well, yeah. I don't know. Their shareholders might have farted. See, this always comes back to money, Bo. It's always money. I mean, but that's the thing. But also, like they're in the middle of litigating. They probably don't want to be just blabbing about shit. Oh, either. sure. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's point. why you get the boilerplate. That's why you get the boilerplate. We believe in equality. It's just like what. Um, uh, the gentleman at Blizzard's name. Oh my God, what's his name? Uh, 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 Sean Bean. Frickin', no, the 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 the, the new Mike Morheim. Uh, what's his name? Terrence. I know his name. Van Terrence Malik. Strap, strap on. No. no. <laughs> not Terrence. Chris O'Dowd. Oh, Chris O'Dowd. No, not Chris O'Dowd. Now I wow, can't think of it. All these people work at Blizzard. It's amazing. <laughs> you guys do. You guys do World of Warcraft shows, right? Like, who's the CEO right now? Uh. uh I know we all know this. Why can't yeah, any of us all know? Nobody can think of his long, long hair. hair, long hair, ponytail guy. And he gets up he's, and he's isn't he the one who said you're gonna hate Brack, classic? Brack, J. Allen Brack. That's it. There J. you Allen go. Brack. Thank you, J. Allen. J. Allen Brack said what he said, which I thought was good, but it was of course not deeply personal or very moving because it's corporate land. <laughs> yeah, it's the land of the. <laughs> you got to say the nice things to acknowledge. Did Ubisoft do that at all? They just didn't acknowledge no. it as if it didn't. They exist. didn't even okay, acknowledge bad. it. The Twitter That's was, a bad move. Yeah, they should have said something flowery at the top and say we've donated to this charity and you know blah blah blah. Yeah, and whatever. Now, it now is. we're just going to talk about games. Even if they haven't done anything yet, like acknowledge it. Like acknowledge that I don't know. It, they're like, hey, didn't Blizzard go through this? What did they do? Don't ask those kinds of questions. We'll just figure it out on our own. That's right. <laughs> like <laughs> we'll just do what we got to do. I'll go. I guess theirs was the Blizz Chung thing. It's not quite the same, but yeah. As far as I know, there have been no. You say this, but where's some wood to knock on? This is glass. I can't knock on this. But uh, Blizzard hasn't had any major like harassment controversy. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's real or perceived. If the people believe it, it doesn't matter if it's not true or not inside because you, you keep the closed walled garden. So you can't really let people know what really goes on behind there. But if they have an idea, you need to dispel it, even if it isn't true. 
Yeah, you before know? you send so, me your emails, everybody, I know Blizzard has their own bunch of issues in there. Okay. Yeah. I know that. No, they did not stop making Heroes for Heroes of the Storm. They still make Heroes. And some pretty cool skins this week, by the way. May it's, was the most recent one. Yeah, May, May was not that not that long ago. And they're, uh, the new skins they put in, I thought of John immediately because there's a, some Artanis business. Mm-hmm. And that looked real sweet. You're now a space goat, Artanis. Yeah, I don't know if I'd do that. I don't I don't like the Drenai. You're not a Drenai guy. Drenai, no. you're not a Drenai guy. <laughs> not a Drenai kind of guy. <laughs> I, yeah, they just released a video, right? With some new stuff in it. Yeah. So Drenai, Artanis, uh Bla- King of Blades, uh Arthas, so he looks like, you know, a Kerrigan but a dude. Um those they got a Death Knight May in there. Oh, Death Knight well, May. They, they yeah. didn't even bother to post it to their YouTube page. To the Heroes YouTube page? I'm on it. Well, I'm yeah, Blizzard doesn't have any PR people anymore. <laughs> they just fired them all. Like, they that's where I always go. And I'm like, I hear something about Heroes, a video, whatever. We go to the YouTube page. Not there. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, you, Uh-oh. you know there's something. Here's, I mean, we weren't even, we weren't a Heroes show anymore at this point. But I still would go and try and, like, find patch notes. And it was very telling that I was it was more reliable to get patch notes from Reddit than it was to try and find it on their own website. Yeah. So no. Yeah. Um, I saw that too. So I don't know. It that's a bummer. But the game's I don't know, the game's great right now. Still fun as hell. Um dim, dim, dim. all right. What else? <laughs> oh, Sony considering releasing more first party games to PC. Ooh, we can only hope. Well, give me so another is, reason not to get a console. Yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, exactly. This is another, like, this might as well be more points in the spend $500 on a video card thing. Mm-hmm. You have Microsoft saying, yeah, we don't care, just play our games. You have Sony that's starting to go, guys, Horizon Zero Dawn sold really well. Yeah. <laughs> what if we also supported the PC? Yeah. And uh, if that happens, if that's the world we live in, then you know what? That $500 is a real good investment. That $700 is a real good investment. Yeah, suddenly I'm getting the middle card and and I'm playing <laughs> spy and you know what? I'll even take it if it's still old stuff like are you going to give me Last of Us Part 2, God of War and Spider-Man? Dude, those are amazing games. I'll play those now. Like let's go. Let's do this and let's come up with it. You you want to do a service like Game Pass? I'll pay two different companies five bucks a month for PC passes. No problem. Heck yeah. No problem. And other thing is, uh, uh, Zero Dawn, Horizon Zero Dawn sold a ton on PC. It also launched kind of bad. They had tech issues. It's okay now. Things are patched. It's all good. But for a few days there, things were a little rough and they were, you know, dealing with some review bombs and stuff. But even then, the sales on that were through the roof. So, Sony, freaking put your wiener in the socket and hold on tight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want Microsoft to necessarily know this. So Microsoft plug your ears. Yeah. But honestly, I think Game Pass would still be worth it if it was 15 bucks a month. Yeah, don't tell them. Like that. the amount of money I'm saving by not buying the games I'm tempted to buy because of Game Pass, like 15 bucks a month I'd still feel like I was ripping them. Totally off. agree. So Especially yeah, this Sony week. wants to do one. Yeah. I'm in. This week I, in, I, in particular when we get the games we're playing, you're going to you're going to hear a Game Pass only list of litany of games for me this week and i'm getting so much value out of it so yeah john's right but also don't listen to him don't change it keep it <laughs> yeah don't don't don't, don't do that 
I mean, I think their whole point is like, hey, you want extra stuff, cool stuff, get the ultimate. That is 15 a month. And there have been times where I've been like, yeah, I probably should get that because there's other benefits, even on the PC side, like some DLC and some other stuff. And then I don't, and then I do, and then I cancel, and I come back. And I just like the flexibility. So thank you, Microsoft. And Sony, if you end up doing more stuff, we'll, we'll play all that shit. You, no problem. Uh, check this out. I don't know if you guys knew about this. I just learned about it today. I wanted to share it. Sony is exploring the... Not Sony. <laughs> Sorry. Witcher. The Witcher has a Pokemon Go-like game coming out called Monster uh-huh. Slayer. The Witcher Monster Slayer. Right now, it is... So, it's a location-based AR game. Again, Pokemon Go. People will know what we're talking about. It's soft, soft launched in New Zealand. That always seems to happen with mobile stuff. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm jazzed about this. I really, really want to play... A, oh my gosh, there's a giant freaking griffin to kill right around the coffee shop here. And good thing I got a couple of Geralt arrows left that I collected from a whatever I got them at. Oh, no. Whatever it is. Like, (laughs) this could eat, this could eat me up, dude. I'm all in on this. So, oh man. See, see, Bo, see? Sounds like fun. Doesn't it? No, it it sounds awful. Oh, no, no. Really? (laughs) But, you know. I think it sounds fun. Well, take I, take your Witcher on the road, man. It's a fun idea. Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's a fun idea. I just I yeah, I'm just not. Me and phone games are not in a good place right now, and I want to give the biggest benefit of the doubt to CD Projekt Red. So I'm just gonna say, interesting, interested to see what it'll be like. I mean, graphically, it looks rad. Like great big nasty creatures, and it's like hyper realistic looking like this it's not cartoony looking stuff you know if it has time boxes and shit like that rat poison so everybody knows (laughs) the implementation i hate mobile games i actually like pokemon go then you'll probably like this opponent for pokemon go uh it is slightly after your money although i have found that that generally speaking it can be played for free uh, pretty easily mm-hmm. and without like weird penalties or things like that you can still have a lot of fun with it and honestly i use it mostly as a excuse to go walking like it it gamifies going for a walk yeah. which is kind of nice which apparently i need in life yeah like john do you want to go outside no what if it was a video game i'm like okay you, <laughs> you got me but um yeah. So I, I mostly use it for that. And the thing about the way it works with Pokemon Go is a lot of the walking stuff is very passive. You don't have to necessarily have your head just buried in the phone. Right. You can just go, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to hatch some eggs. That makes sense to Pokemon Go players. Yeah. Go for a walk, hatch some eggs, and that'll be fine. Yeah. And that's all I need. And I'll feel like I accomplished two things with my walk. I walked and it was good for me and some eggs got hatched. So I don't know if it does stuff like that. If it gets me outside, that's probably okay. Although a lot of those games right now are in a weird place because they don't want you going to parks and places where there's a lot of people right now. So even Pokemon Go is like set up things to let you play without moving. So it's it's all in a very weird spot. Yeah. I mean, I my brother-in-law did that uh, Pokefest or what was it called? Go Fest, I guess. Pokefest. That's a very different thing. Um, he, he did that and he loved it. It was like 10 hours, two days, 10 hours a day or something. He ended up spending on that. And he loved it. Had so much fun with it. So that stuff seems to be going strong. 
I just like the idea. I mean, it's, I just watched the gameplay trailer. There's a severed horse's head on the ground. You got to figure out what the hell that is. There's like Witcher, like follow the blood trail and figure out what's in this corner. Oh my gosh, mm. it's a monster over here. Like it's got potential. What if you follow a trail and it takes you to a pile of violent homeless people in an underpass? <laughs> you well, found the real monsters. That's when you need to break out the Axie and either talk them down. Or, yeah, it's me know. going, Axie, Axie. And they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bo, the silver swords are for and, monsters. The steel swords are for people. Yeah. If that happens, you can't be mad because Witcher is all about that hardcore, harsh truth about humans. Yeah. You you got a Witcher experience if anything bad happens to you. So, okay, maybe this game's going to be really awesome. Well, all I would say is no sale if I don't walk around some corner and find a guy at a, at a cooking fire singing that song, John, that you, that you showed me. If he's not in this game, pff, what are you even doing? Anyway, details. Actually, it looks like Touch Arcade has a pretty good write-up. They got two trailers, so go look at it. I have one question that yeah. you may not know the answer to, but... What are they doing with Dandelion in this game? Oh, my gosh. He throws a coin to you every once in a while. I know I have no idea. I don't know what he does. Who knows? He's such a pecker. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Dandelion. I, I like hate him. I like him. I like that he's in the game, but I hate him. In the, I he hate was him. the best part of the show. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty great in general. Yeah. He's your, he's your typical bard. He's awesome. I hate the name Dandelion. Okay, well, that. it's also a bad translation of his name, which is why that's not his name in the show. Oh, what's the, is it? Whether it's Polish in Polish, it's, it's like something else. It's hard to say because it's like Yaskier, I believe, is how you pronounce it. What does it mean? Y- Yaskier. Yeah, Yaskier. Yaskier like Witcher. J a s k i. Well, it means dandelion. <laughs> yeah, it means dandelion. Does it actually mean dandelion? Well, Yaskier is a much cooler name. That's a way cooler name. Okay, here it is. Dandelion Wikipedia. Okay. Um, okay, found it, it means buttercup. Oh, that's worse. Actually, Dandelion is his rap name, even in the English one. His actual name is Julian Alfred Pankratz, Viscount de Lettenhove. <laughs> and his nickname, his, his rapper name is Dandelion, and in Polish, Dandelion is Jeske. His rapper name? Well, you know, he's a bard. Like, he's a rapper of his era. He doesn't, oh. you know, he wears crazy clothes and he does poetry and stuff. Yeah. And he doesn't go by his real name. He doesn't go by his, what is it? Not government name, but like his Oxenfurt name or his Novigrad name. He goes, or no, wait, we know where he's from. Do you know what duchy or what country the Lettenhove is in? It's. Oh, I don't know. Lettenhove. Is it in? Um, he's the cousin the of Expansion Land. He's a cousin of Ferent de Lettenhove, who is. Uh, Are we looking up his actual biography? Well, I mean, I just opened the first page. And it was. The I was wiki, looking at a wiki page, like a yeah. wikia page. Yeah. Meeting his eye, is, his eye color is cornflower blue. <laughs> See, it's mm. perfect. Yeah, when tra- a- when translated directly from Polish to English, Yaskier means buttercup, a name that doesn't quite properly fit the bard's personality. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about uh, that. I think it's probably also, fine. I think buttercup may have worked just fine. He was educated at the University of Oxenford. Oxenford? Yeah, that's in... I know where that is. That's in The Witcher. You go there. Yeah, that's in The Witcher. Too. Yeah, it's a guy in a fire going, ram, param, param, param. Yeah, he's singing all over the place. Uh, Did you know I caught an arrow with my own hand? It is the truth, I swear, says Dandelions. Nice quote on here. 
All right. He's, a He's also but, known as the Crimson Avenger and the Nightingale Prince. Oh, stop. Uh-huh. The names he gave himself. <laughs> yes, for yeah, sure. For sure. Like, <laughs> yeah, none of that's real. Scott had a reaction while we did it. He went, oh, stop. And I'm like, I think that's why that character exists, is to make people go, oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was literally. a former lover of Anna Henrietta, who is the Duchess of Tucson. As oh. I learned. Okay. Oh, so maybe maybe is he Toussaintian? Uh, I don't know. Where was he born? Buttercup know, Land. Saying. I need to know where he owns. No, it. not much is known about Dandelion's family except that he was noble birth and a cousin of Ferrant de Luttenhove, the royal instigator of crack. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Carrick. Oh, Carrick. Yeah. <laughs> it reads like crack. Crack! The entire kingdom we're here for now be crack cocaine users. I'm the instigator of crack. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, anyway, it's part. It's one of the minor northern kingdoms. Can I ca- can I defeat and capture Buttercup while I'm out on the street with my AR game? That's my question. No, he's like he's your Clippy. She's my when you're like, oh, how do I do this thing? He's like, hello, Witcher. <laughs> He's a little guitar <laughs> going, go left and find the thing. Garrett, now that I've said it, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> I'm like, who else would it be? Yeah. I guess it would be, um, what's that other guy's name? V- Vesemir? Vesemir. Probably more likely to be Vesemir or Siri. For your, like t- for your the- tutorial? Yeah. Yeah, for your buddy, but maybe you can unlock different ones. So Dandelion would be one of them. What about one of those witches that you have to that one quest? Those gross witches. Oh, have one of them. The gross witches. Yeah, the really nasty ones. What was they were like all haggardy and looking? The crones of Crookback. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about actual witches. I thought you said witchers. No, no, no. Like like the crone ladies. One of those ladies. Nah, you need that smart ass guy. I, I grew to like him. I hated him at first, but. What's this the smart ass guy who you go to the cave with to Oh Lambert? Yeah. That's oh, it. I kinda Lambert. like Lambert too. Yeah. I hated him at first and then when we got drunk together, it's like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well you have a real touching moment when you get drunk with him where you're just he's just like, Geralt, sometimes you can be a real bastard, but I do anything for you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's great. Yeah. That drinking night was funny. I liked it. Oh, Jennifer is pissed at us, though. I remember she was mad. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, mad. I finally did it. it. Apparently, on my first playthrough, I went to bed early, and I did not go all the way to wearing Jennifer's clothes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I'm the only one that managed that one. <laughs> I did on this playthrough, though, and it was worthwhile. Although, yeah, Geralt doesn't good, get eh? as dressed up as everybody else. He no, just Lambert's on- really into it, for sure. The other guy. <laughs> yeah. Lambert. Lambert really likes dressing as ladies, you're saying. All right, that's fine. It was his idea. Well, if you live in New Zealand, good luck. If you don't, you could VPN and use it and let us know what you think of The Witcher. Uh, what's it called? It has a name. The Witcher Monster Slayer. That's what it's called. Okay. Finally, Bo, you've had, you have some video game adjacent thoughts. <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah. So, so basically, usually yeah. we do a roundtable of games, and mm-hmm. I'm usually up last. So yeah. I think it, it'll probably just count for that as we talk about this. All right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But Keep we it. were talking before the show for people who don't subscribe to us on Patreon and get the bonuses. We were talking about uh, Dead Cells. Yeah. And my playthrough this week. And we said, oh, we'll save it for everyone. 
Um, so basically to resume that conversation is, uh, in the past few weeks, I've been like taking space from video games, yeah, right. Yeah. Been on the show, yeah. but I have definitely, as Scott put it, did you fall off the wagon? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I've played, I played a shit ton of dead cells. It, when you say shit, ton, out, give us the time. How much time do you think you put in there? I don't know. Let me just check steam real quick. I know the one streaming show that I went back just to see how tired he was at the end was eight hours long. Eight yeah. hours. Yeah, that, yeah, seems, that but, seems like the wagon. You're not just off the wagon. The wagon's in town waiting for you or something. So, so I, ha- I have, I've made a decision to distance myself from games and I've had a very uncomfortable relationship with them. But um, they're always a temptation. And I started playing Dead Cells to play a little bit. And then next to you know, I'm like, all I want to do is play Dead Cells. Yeah. And I indulge myself in it. Now, the good news about this is that one of the, my problems with video games is I play them for too long. I have a hard time switching away from them, like saying it's time to stop. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, Overwatch Beta, weekend, uh, Overwatch beta weekend. I don't know if you guys remember, oh, but I yeah. played 36 hours straight. Oh, yeah. I remember that you you out leveled everybody. Yeah, we all were like, "Wait a minute, isn't he lapping the level system already?" It's only been a weekend. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was just having a good time, but it was a limited time. I really wanted to play, and at that time, I was making much less. I was being much less mindful yeah, about what I'm doing. I understand, but uh, you know, it's still a thing. And and part of playing Dead Cells this past week was to go through the experience of it to observe my behavior. For not ever, I haven't really expressed this very much publicly, but you know, I've been going through some personal mental health issues. Sure. And um, among them are addictions. I'm a cigarette smoker and my, I'm examining my addictive patterns when it comes to eating, the things I choose to eat, how I get to eating more sugary foods. As it turns out, I'm just a massive dopamine addict. Mm. And, you know, just for a lot of different things. And I, without going into an entire neuroscience lesson, I have been doing nothing these past two months but watching psychology and neuroscience videos, exploring all the issues that affect me in a very in-depth, intense way uh, that isn't actually studying for sure. a degree. Sure. But, you probably get, you got enough stuff from the last two months. It feels like you could almost get an honorary degree from somewhere, but yeah, you, I mean, yeah, like on particular subjects, I'm, I know all this, I know a lot of surface level stuff and, and all that. Right. So anyways, have I fallen off the wagon? Well, I mean, yes, six, so what's but, the time on the thing? What's time played? Did you look at it? Oh, it's sorry. Steam is still booting up. Oh, just, never mind that. I, I might've even forgotten. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, you know, for everyone's benefit, a number of listeners have reached out and said, oh, we appreciate you talking about it. So I'm going to mention it very briefly here, but I definitely have the addiction issues that I've talked about with various kinds. I had been speaking with a counselor about anxiety and she gave me a clinical opinion on anxiety. I still, of course, it's not a diagnosis, but I've been dealing with that. In addition, due to hereditary probabilities based on what's also going on with the rest of my family, mm-hmm. there is a there is a probability, a high degree of probability that I have ADHD, which is an attention, they call it attention deficit disorder, yeah. but it's really attention dysregulation. And it's fundamentally tied to the reward system. The very thing that, that's why people with ADHD are way more likely to have addiction, stuff like that. Right. The other thing that may be coming up to that I, I have to explore and look into because there's merit to it. And I've been looking into it is I may be affected in some way on the autistic spectrum 
uh, and and both of these things are you know they're not life ending but they're pretty serious and and things that mean have not have been going right suddenly have these explanations that fit and that after a period of time still seem to fit you know mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i'm very confused about my relationship with video games at this point because the ADHD material, like one of the books I read says I shouldn't be on a screen for more than 30 minutes a day. Oh, and like, even for my job, I work on it. Yeah. And there is scientific material. There's studies going on about the effective prolonged use of screens on the human mind and how it affects people, not just video games, but movies, television, binge watching, all of that stuff. And it turns out if you're, if your eyes are your brain and you're shooting a particular kind of light into it, it's not much different than put a chemical into your bloodstream so that it would change your brain that, you know, prolonged exposure to things that biologically we were not evolved to shoot into our eyes Mm -hmm. may also have an effect. Sure. And I'm grappling with, I don't have answers. I'm grappling with a lot of these questions and a lot of the information that just shoot into my brain. Um, the autism side, interestingly enough, is that the individuals who have autism appear to have special areas of interest. And they're very important to them. And video games are computers and video games are if, if I don't know if I have it, I'm not self-diagnosing my, there's people in my family who are going through that and it's looking pretty likely. And so there's a hereditary component. It's something I have to explore. And so I'm, I'm not quick. You might say, Oh, you're an addict video games. You should stop doing your video game show. You should stop playing video games and clean up your environment so that the drugs, your temptations and triggers are not around. So I have half of my brain, that is like, I got to go hardcore. I got to like replace bad behaviors with good behaviors, get clean, so to speak, and, and, and fix it. But on the other hand, my life revolves around video games in a very significant way. And autism or no, it's, it means a lot to me. It's done a lot for me. It gives me a lot of pleasure. It's very hard to reconcile this idea that I have to get away from something that is I'm also, if I have autistic characteristics or affected by some way, that are very deeply meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just even in the way I play games, I tweeted out before the show that I just realized I'm a serial monogamist when it comes to games. So Scott, you are my antithesis when it comes to, and it's okay, it's fine, but sure. you play a lot of different games. I, I play one game and I play the shit out of it. Yeah. And that's what's happened with dead cells this weekend. I, I, I'm steam's taking time to come up, but I'm concentrating on what I'm saying. So I can't really do this at the same time, but essentially I think I've put in, past two weeks probably 40 to 80 hours somewhere in that range damn on a little a indie game costs 10 bucks massively ticks all my boxes it's like doom eternal yeah. the game gets harder as the difficulties progress you unlock shit it's moment to moment action it's not stressful in the way that doom is you can yeah. take breaks between levels it's really good and i'm on the second tier like I, i'm on the third tier of difficulty of five total that i'm aware of anyways and it's getting really hard. And I've seen some video of the five tiers and there's new enemies in the fifth tier of difficulty. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh man, I, I can't wait to fight those scary looking dudes in the first level that aren't there in the earlier difficulty. So it really ticks a lot of boxes for me. And I let myself enjoy this game for prolonged periods. And the good news is I'm not staying up late playing them. So now my addiction looks more like it's 10 in the morning and I'm starting to play. Mm. But the Friday night that John's talking about was definitely way later than my new bedtime, which is between 10 and midnight. I just, you know, it's Friday. I just felt like playing video games and I just did it. 
but sure. I, I cleaned it up after and didn't stay up late like that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully this isn't too heavy or bringing people down, but mm. I'm grappling with a lot. And if you're listening to the show and you're like, does this guy hate video games or something like that? It's like, no, well, I pe- don't, I don't. People have an other, I get We get a lot of feedback about this particular aspect since it started coming up and people have been, uh, super positive about it like they like the the perspective the point of view they kind of back the camera up a little bit and look at at what games are and and what they are for us from a perspective that isn't just dude that game's cool can't wait till it comes out and then move on to the next thing like it's it's a nice it's been a nice exploration and you and you being willing to sort of share that it's a vulnerable thing to do like i i'm have huge respect for it um, I think it, we, I think we all do it to some degree too. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has that moment where they sit back and they go, is this too much? Like, and for a lot of people, I think it's quiet. Maybe it's a thought they have every now and then. I mean, you can sit there and you can say, do I do this too much? If I didn't do this, could I be doing something different? Is this actually having a negative impact on me? You can have all those thoughts and still be the biggest proponent on earth for video games don't harm people. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be one and one in the same. You don't have to get into a debate of what is the nature of video games? Bef- you know, you can just look at yourself and say, hey, yesterday I swore up and down I was going to clean up the living room. Yeah. And I didn't do it because instead I played Witcher three, you know, Mm. and you can sit there and go, was that a smart decision? Am I too into this because of it? And even on a small scale like that, I think everybody has those moments where they go, is this hobby, is this thing that I love causing problems? And is it something that needs to be addressed? And I think a lot of people have a hard time when somebody tells them that it is. I think that's why you see so many people get, just up in arms and they get out the the torches and the pitchforks as soon as somebody's like video games are a problem and people are like don't come after my hobby don't stay away but i think when we hear about other people because i know it was my case Bo, when i heard your story i think when they hear about somebody who's going through that on a personal level they compare that to themselves and they go man yeah that's like me and they can find comfort in it in that one they're not alone and two, sometimes they can find inspiration and motivation in it on, look at this guy. He's figuring it out. I can figure it out. Too. Yeah. yeah so it's I think it's, I think it's good. And to me, what you say doesn't read as he hates video games. To me, it's this guy loves video games and he's trying to find the best way that that love fits into his life and what he needs. I would, I would totally agree. That is, that's how it comes across. And I think that's, that's helpful for listeners who are either in the same boat or just want to understand this stuff more. I mean, it's made, it's made me do my own sort of personal in introspection. I've got, I've got questions about why I like such a huge variety of games and why there are times where I get kind of choice paralysis about which, which kind of dopamine hit I want today. You know what I mean? Like I can't decide, do I want to play a roguelike? Do I want to get into one RPG? Should I keep hundred percenting Mad Max? Should I go back to this new thing that I found on the deal? Like I, like that's a little weird too and a little ADD in its own way. And this other thing happened. I watched this series on Netflix called Love on the Spectrum, which is mostly about autistic young people, early 20s uh, in Australia, trying to gain the skills, learn the skills and sort of navigate personal relationships and navigate social norms and that sort of thing. And they call it a spectrum for a reason. It's a huge spectrum. There's, you know, 
uh, a billion places within the spectrum that people might exhibit their autism in this particular case. And the one thing that really threw me and didn't throw me, but it just stuck out for me in all six episodes or whatever it was, was every single person that they, that they uh, showcased on this thing. And there were a lot of them, including some incidental people. They just dated once. And that's all you ever saw of them in the show was this, this one date or whatever, or this one encounter. All of them love video games. Every single one of them. Like there wasn't one that didn't say, Oh, I love video games. One girl brought her switch to dinner so they could play smash brothers before the, before the hip, uh, hibachi guy came out and started flipping meat around. Um, <laughs> they had, uh, you know, they were talking about what kinds of games they like to play. And, uh, do you like anime more than video games? Do you like video games more than anime? So it was always anime and video games. These two things, which are pretty universally, you know, there's a, there's a huge audience for both, obviously. But in this case, there was like a hyper focus and devotion to those two hobbies within this space that really struck me. Um, by the way, that documentary is awesome and people should watch it. It was one of the most heartening things I've seen in a, a year. Just a wonderful, wonderful docu-series. But, and it's on Netflix and it's very, very good. But anyway, so I like, I like exploring this stuff. I like, I like double thinking what we think, what we sort of take for granted or what we think, you know, well, our we're, relationship. We're used to being demonized. Are. I mean, when we were coming up to gamers have been demonized, like, now we don't mind because we love peace and love, but like everyone gets to be a gamer now, you yeah. know, and 20 years ago I had to hide gaming from my cool friends who didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Like I say cool in parentheses, just the people who were too cool to like want to be involved in nerd stuff sure. that I was, you know, in high school and stuff, you know? So yeah. it's, it's interesting to see that development, but there's this there's this connecting thing is that it gives people pleasure. Games at the end of the day, if you get past your want to discriminate but discriminate against it, it gives everyone pleasure. And if you you know find some time to look up a lecture or a talk uh, about the neuroscience of addiction, I mean, just put it in YouTube, and there's some good videos in there. Um, anything that gives you pleasure gives you the dopamine. Yeah. And your mechanism what the way that your brain is supposed to work with dopamine is that you get reward for on the way to doing something and you get reward when you do it. And you need dopamine like you need food and water. You're your own lab rat basically. Yeah. So <clears throat> when something feels good like you were hungry and then you got motivated to go out and hunt, you get a bit of dopamine and when you finally slay the beast, the monster hunter or the monster. Cause you're the monster hunter. You get dopamine. And what your brain does with that is not benign. It's it, it says, Oh, that was good. Do it again. Remember that for later. So if you start doing something that makes you feel good every day, you get a drug addiction. Mm. You get, you do, you gamble every day, anything that sex, you get uh, porn, Anything that you do that you start doing on a daily basis and then start doing more and more and more and more, eventually it'll it programs it into unconscious thought, like breathing, like your cognition, things you don't pay attention to. So your impulse with addictions is greater than your rational mind to control. Mm. And specifically with some of these things, it's a narrowing of focus. So if you've got to take your kid to school, but you really need heroin, you're probably just going to run out and get your heroin. 
and the kid, whatever happens to the kid, it's fine. So you'll deal with it after you figure out the heroin problem. And, and I definitely have that aspect of my life where I have a lot of things that I am ambitious to do. I'm extremely ambitious, but extremely poor at execution. And one of those aspects is spending too much time playing video games and then to the detriment of all the other things that I'd like to accomplish in my life before I die. So you're like getting the and quick hit before you get the long hit. Cause the long hit might be the big ambition. Let's say I have a free day, open road, nothing to do. It's yeah. 9 AM. I have music. I want to work on. There's DM boxes. I got to get there's groceries. I should self care stuff, whatever, but <sighs> dead cells, man. It was fun. Yeah. Why don't I play for 30 minutes? <laughs> I don't need to do all this stuff at nine. Yeah. I can do it at 10. 9 turns into 9 a.m. turns into 9 p.m. Yeah. And I didn't feel that bad because I knew it was going to happen and I'm understanding myself a bit better. And I'm seeing that this choice is beyond my capacity to control. Once I've got the game in my hand, that's what I'm doing until I fall asleep. Right. And, you know, I can work because when I go to work, uh, you know, I've set aside that, but I know when I'm going to get home, even though I've got things I could accomplish with my time, game. <laughs> and, and that's the problem is that if I didn't want to do anything else in my life, it would, I probably wouldn't feel as upset about it, but I'm very ambitious and, and I can't, some people are capable of saying, I will play three hours a week and meet all my other responsibilities and be okay with that. But not all of us have the strength or the mental capacity to well, that's, that's why our parents did, had move to do through it life for that it. way. That's why our parents had to do it for us. It's like, You've been on the NES too long, Scott. You have a test tomorrow. But mom, the princess is in another castle, you know, like for whatever, whatever thing I was doing. And it was kind of her that had to put those limits. It's much harder when it's yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed that, like, I had two long-term relationships and I always used to be like, I do everything. And now that I'm on my own, I do nothing. And I'm like, uh, I think I might've been putting the blame in a wrong place now and mm. something's not right. Something doesn't add up what's going on with me. Um, and I realized that as much as I hate structure and if you listen to good, bad or bullshit, you know, I don't like school and I don't like all these institutions, but if I, I've done some honest self-reflection and I do way better when my life is structured than when I try to figure it out on my own. I just like doing it on my own better. Sure. But I, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of ambitious things I want to do that I can't get to because they're multi-step tasks that require extended periods of concentration that I realize might not be in my wheelhouse. You know, if you got a bum leg, you're not, you can run and you can do things, but you have to have a serious talk with yourself. You're going to try and be an, an Olympian. Right. Mm. Um, that's a tougher road for you than people who don't have a bum leg. So if you've got a bum part of your brain somewhere, no one sees it. You don't even see it. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to try to do certain things and I'll focus on other things that are more accomplishable for me. And, you know, and the real kick in the pants, the real thing that hurt me, I'm 40. <laughs> it would have been nice to know some of the shit sooner. Mm. It would have been real nice. And in particular, my sister doesn't mind me mentioning this because she knows I do the shows and I talk about things publicly, but she's 35 and she has central auditory processing disorder. Mm. And there were a lot of signs growing up about it and nobody caught it this whole time. She's had difficulty in school and in jobs and interacting for a variety of reasons, but 
the basic idea that she can't hear people normally. And my parents were too self-absorbed to notice. And some people brought stuff to attention, but none of the schools or therapists she's been to, even when she got her diagnosis for ADHD, dismissed the CAPD. And it's real as shit. I, she, I talked to her and I can tell by her reactions and what we've looked at. It's real. And no one was noticing or of any help. And there's a part of me that's really pissed off. Yeah. And a lot of people, and I know what to do with that energy. It's not healthy and not good to hold on to, but we really just want to focus on getting right. But it's the part that hurts is going so long in life without even like, you know, just without even having that talk. So without knowing, yeah, yeah, that's hard. Well, yeah. all right. Uh, Dead sales, pretty good game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, buy it. It's great. That if you have ADHD and autism, you will play this game for hours. You'll get your value out of it. Yeah, it is an addictive. But the, that thing, thing you mentioned about autism and games—that's a thing. Like because they're less comfortable, I think, with emotions or something along those lines. They like puzzles. I guess let me just focus on what I can remember now. Yeah, puzzles are a thing, and right. um, getting super fixated and knowing more than everyone else. Silicon Valley purposely hires autistic people because they're awesome. <laughs> like right. they have a capacity for solving puzzles and working in a way that works really well with computers. Yeah. They, that, what is that? It's not discriminatory. It is discriminatory hiring, but they do it. They're also really, and this, I mean, obviously I'm making blanket statements here and I'm also just fresh off of that mini series, but I just wanted to hug all of them. They just have such like, there's a sweetness and a kindness and a, a generosity to, to the people on that in that show and to the people in my life who have autism in one form or another. And that I've got a nephew and a niece and Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, I mean, uh, do you see any me. similarities at all with me in them? Like I'm still exploring. So I know it's a live show, but well, that's like, what I was going to get at is I think you have, <laughs> I think if you've got anything, it's, it's very much on the, whatever end of the spectrum that is, that's not, you know, it's not like an obvious well, thing. They, what but they previously maybe called Asperger's, like it's not that anymore. No, like high functioning. Yeah, you know? like a super high functioning, but maybe yeah, a little that's bit there. Abed. Yeah, but you have <laughs> like for, yes, he's a good example. But I would say as, yeah, the difference is, or the thing that that seems similar to me, because because again, my my, ne- my niece and nephew's cases are actually kind of extreme cases. They're very socially really hard for them. That's not you at all. But they have a sort of big heartedness generosity thing that you definitely share. And you always, you sort of err on the side of that rather than uh, plant your flag and fight. Like you would rather, you would rather see your peacemaker basically is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's yeah. something I see in these relatives I'm talking about. I saw it in that show. Like that's a, that's maybe some of it. So you got there's, a really good the, part of it. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, that I understand very deeply too. Mm-hmm. Which is the outside world may not make as much sense to me as others. I think that's what it is, and so you spend a lot of time masking or behaving in ways that the world expects of you because you're you're autistic people are very self aware, right? I would think, I think at least, so they know and some of the things they do. You know, I just they're the fear of rejection because there is a difference and that they're masking to fit in. Mm-hmm makes them like makes me if i don't know if i have it or not i, I don't know but it makes me feel like i default to being good you know yeah. and i just sort of prioritize that because it makes the world make more sense to me yeah. if people are honest mm-hmm. if people are good to each other if people f- talk about solutions all day but then don't 
actually try to go and do the thing. Like you'll, they'll sit and preach all day about how the world's shitty, but what are you doing? Yeah. You know, and, and that kind of stuff frustrates me. So I always try to encourage people to think about not just saying the stuff, but trying to do the stuff. And at, at a fundamental level, being nice to people is a way that we can get move forward, mm-hmm. not slaughtering each other in the goddamn streets. Like, well, well that's Jesus. the kind of stuff. That's the stuff that drew me. Uh, when we you know we start first met and we were playing heroes together, that's what drew me to think that hey, we should work together because because Bo's just like one of those people. But I also think it's not a big huge shock that my <laughs> no offense to everyone else I work with, but my kids and my wife all love Bo in a very special way. <laughs> they all love Bo, <laughs> and it's not because anyone else sucks. But you're fine, John. You're great. Hey. Uh, I don't even know what I did to earn that love. I I don't either. What I'm saying is I think there's like an inherent thing there. I think there's something they just feel inherently or feel uh, intuitively Mm -hmm. uh, when they got to meet you and hang out with you. And they all say it. They all say it. They're like, oh, how's Bo doing? How's Bo doing? And it's not because there's any reason to ask how Bo's doing. They just are like, oh, is he he all right? What's it like up there? It's probably really cold. Is he doing all right? (laughs) Like, it's just a lot of that. It's just interesting, right? Because I don't get that for anyone else. That yeah, I they're not with. asking you how uh, how uh, Brian's doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't ask Brian up to today. <laughs> they don't ask what Ibbitt's up to. They don't say anything about Dunaway. I mean, they all like all, these are all people everyone likes, but they're they're like all dad's friends, whatever. Kim will go. Right. How was the show tonight? Oh, it was great. We talked about this. She goes, which one's this? I go, it's Core. Oh, that's John and Bo. And I go, yeah. And she goes, oh, I just love Bo. <laughs> i'm like well john's pretty cool too she goes, too they're great and she goes no i know john's great that's not what i mean and it's so they even kind of have a hard time explaining it but they have mm. this weird this weird attack not weird but they have this attachment to you that's that's probably all part of what we're talking about so yeah who knows it's good to explore though and uh yeah so you know i think i think for the show like i want to continue doing it especially because you know if we they're making discoveries about games that are like we're here for all the cheerleader moments and all the gamer criticisms, mm-hmm. but we should also be here for the journey of self-discovery. I think one of the most fundamental and important things about games that make me love them is that they are opportunities, no matter what kind of game it is, for you to reveal the truth about yourself and more importantly, be vulnerable and reveal your truth to others. If you're a poor sport, but you go around pretending like you aren't and you start playing a game, everyone's going to know you're a poor sport and you're going to know you're a poor sport and you can, you have an opportunity to look at your behavior and, and gain that knowledge or you could ignore it. I mean, it's, you get out of it what you put into it, but yeah. D is especially like this poker's like this, but any game will teach you. If you think one thing about yourself, but you have a, you think you're a big, you think you're not risk adverse, but then you play a game with risk and, you're not making risky decisions and you're, you're a risk adverse person like risk. You can play risk and lots of risk and risk. You better be ready to p- take some risks in risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you the time played risk. if you've never played risk, John, you, you wouldn't like it. It's actually, a, a it's really super good. RNG. It's a, it's a <laughs> poor simulation of war is what it is. Totally it's, agree. <laughs> it's just random dice rolls that while those are fun in some contexts, in this case, it's like, should I invade him? Let's roll and find out. Oh, shoot, he beat me. It's just RNG. The whole game's RNG. Basically, Risk was around, and then Civilization came along, pulled down its pants, and took a giant dump on Risk. <laughs> like, like that. 
like just the biggest dump so big you can't even see the board underneath it honestly you're not wrong at all like stratego is a better board game than risk was in my opinion it's funny that bo just talked about like how we play games teaches us about ourselves and that when now we're mentioning civilization i had one of these moments recently when i was playing civilization awesome i realized that i play civilization exactly the same every time i play the game and every single time i go for a diplomatic or a culture victory i never go for anything else and my girlfriend started playing it and i was like oh well, what are you doing and she's like i'm doing a, a conquest victory and i was like Oh, I've never done that before. And I realized that I've never done it before because I don't like the idea of the other world leaders not liking me. Mm. Now, this is a game of AI. There is nothing that says you can't just go. There's no morality system. There's no good ending or bad ending to civilization. If you conquer that game, if you declared war on everybody and wiped everybody off the map, Nobody's going to come up and scold you for it. There are literally no stakes beyond winning the game, but I have always played it like a Mass Effect Renegade Paragon system of like, I can't do that. That would be the wrong thing to do. Mm, And I I don't know what it says about me, but that's how I play that game. And I realized it and I was like, that's weird. Why haven't I done it? And I tried to play the other way. And I couldn't do it. I yeah. stopped playing in the like ancient age every single time. I can't do it. That's that is that's, a, that's for sure. That, that, that's an awesome observation. That's what I love about games. That exact thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I was having yeah. this. I had this question about. It's not the same, but I was, you know, we've, I've been playing an older game. I've been playing. I've been trying to 100 percent Mad Max and I'm getting I'm getting pretty far. Um, in fact, I think I'm I think I'm really far. I'm not sure, actually. There's tons of stuff to do in that game. Big open world. And it came out in 2015, and I play it. So much of what I play when I'm playing it has to do with preset narrative in my head about the game itself and its release and its reception and how well it did or what kind of sales they go on now. So I have this whole idea in my head that there's this game that's old, that not enough people bought or else there would have been a sequel by now, uh, but that I think is super good and undiscovered and people don't know how great it is. On the other hand... The reviews were kind of middling. People are like, well, it's Assassin's Creed in the wasteland. And 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 I get annoyed by that. And so part of my p- reason for picking it up and dropping it, picking it up and dropping it, is I have this argument in my head about, well, some people say this, and am I playing a game that's old? And is that lame? And are people going to think I'm lame because I'm playing an old game? When I would never say this about Diablo 3, which came out two and a half years earlier than this, I would never say this about a game in 2014 that we all still return. I don't say it about Skyrim we all go back to all the time. Why am I doing that? That's weird, right? That's a weird psychology to be at, to, to second guess yourself or to worry about what other people have said, even if it was five years ago that they said it. That's funky. I shouldn't it's think weird, that. But I do it too. I go, oh, oh that's the game that somebody said was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't, that I person was that. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even, if, even if the people who did it, we don't even trust their opinions normally. <laughs> there's still something in there where it's just like, oh, yeah. They didn't like. Uh, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter one lick what they think, and and maybe okay. I'm getting better at it because I kind of don't care right now, and I do want 100 percent thing game, and I'm having a freaking blast in it, so it's less of a problem. But you know, when I first cranked it up a while back, I was like, or I'll see something depressing like there's an online um, function in there that you can go check stuff and see other people's 
uh, achievements and all this other thing. And it just isn't up. It doesn't work. So if you hit it, it's like WB online. It just takes you and just spins forever and says no, whatever. So this, whatever server was doing that is no longer there. And I see that and just go, oh, this yeah. game. No one loves this game but me. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's dumb. That's dumb. Let's just play it and just enjoy it and not think about it. I don't know why I do that. It's really annoying to me. And I've done it with many games, not just this. And sometimes it's newer games even. Sometimes I miss I out mean, on gems think- because I think, oh, someone said it was too too uh, anime or someone said it was too whatever. You're not going to like it, Scott. It's too much this. And then I find out too late that I completely missed out. And it was a great game. Yeah. The, the world puts too much stock in reviews, to be honest with you, just for everything. <laughs> like. Yeah. As if it's an important thing, you know, like it's so important that we comment sections have all these mini reviews and it's a good service. I'm not criticizing it, but on the scale of what's important in life, your review of a thing is at the bottom, you know, it's very low. It's (laughs) a good service, but you got to know how to use it. And I think so few people do like people use reviews to validate opinion, Mm -hmm. not to find, not to learn anything about a product. Mm. Like in theory, a review, right. Is where you go to find out if a game's good or not. And even that I think is wrong. I think the best thing Mm. you can do is you can find out what the person reviewing the game likes. Like when you, every time we talk about a game, and we say, this is what my opinion is of the game. We will almost always get some people going, oh, I felt exactly the same way. We will always get some people going, I can't believe this is what you thought about the game. You guys are so wrong. Yeah. Like, people's interests are never going to fully align. So the most valuable thing you can do, whether it's listening to this show or listening to other reviewers out there, is learn the people reviewing them and go, okay, where do I typically fall on their likes or dislikes? Mm -hmm. If you listen to this show and you go, you know, Bo has a very unique perspective. The things he gets into and the things he likes really seem to gel with the things I enjoy. And Bo highly recommends a game. Then you should probably listen to that. Like there's probably some merit there. If you are constantly at odds with me going, I can't believe the things John says are good. He, he, says my favorite games are crappy and the things he likes, I can't believe he even enjoys. And I, he's going to talk about the last of us two again. And he's a garbage person. Well then don't <laughs> listen to my review of things. Like that's how the system works. I'm not offended by that. That's using a review for its purpose is to say, Hey, I understand what these people think, how they think and what they like and what they don't like. And I understand how that relates to me. I'm going to make, an informed decision. If you just want to be in that cult of, Hey, have my opinion validated because I've put some misguided importance on somebody who's a reviewer. That's a bad idea. You're just looking for trouble going down that road. That's crazy because these people are just, they're just people like who cares what they think ultimately, whether or not they agree with you. It doesn't matter if it's just to validate yourself be your own validation. This is a parking lot where you can validate your own parking. Do yeah. Don't go validate your own parking. Else. I love that idea. I'd love to validate my own parking. That's a good, that's a good uh, metaphor. Cause I hate going into a place and going, all right, I bought a candy bar. Can you please freaking validate my parking? 
Oh, I'm yeah, glad that worked for you, Scott, because I got to tell you, I don't know what validated parking is. I've never You've done it. Never, never done it. Countered it. I don't know what it is. Have you? Did you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Season I've 10? heard it. I've seen it in media. That's why I know to talk about it. I didn't know it was a thing. Everywhere <laughs> I've parked, I've just parked, and there hasn't been a thing about it. Have you seen the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, though? Right. Yeah. 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 He gets his parking validated by the girl he asked eventually on a date. Then he gets, yeah. like second, yeah, that's that's all it is. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like he was doing it, and I was it's, like, you, I, it's paid for you. You're, instead of paying for the parking, you have validation to show you don't have to pay. Yeah, imagine. Okay. So here's how it works: that's if it. I if I'm in the mall, it's a a mall, whatever mall, and I'm in the parking, <laughs> and they charge two bucks an hour to park, and I'm there two hours, and then but I'm inside there, and if I just left without buying anything, I would pay the two the four bucks and I'd leave. But because I'm in a gap. And I buy some pants and I say to them, hey, do you validate parking? They're like, yeah, no problem. How long do you need? Sometimes I'll ask you that and I'll say, oh, we've been here about two, three hours. And they'll give you the, the, the appropriate stickers for that. Then you take that down to your little card. You put them on that card, hand it to the dude on your way out. And he goes, all right, you're all taken care of. And you just go through. Yeah, I've never done it. I've, I've, the mm. only times I've ever paid for parking was a couple times at a convention where I just flat out paid and then the airport. And beyond that, beyond those couple times, I've never really paid. There's been times where I've gone through and I've gotten the ticket and it looked like there was a place to pay every time I've ever gone to it. The little gates up and I just leave. Wow. See, <laughs> the, I, I don't, I don't know why it surprises me. I guess I did a lot of, I don't know why I've done it so often. That's weird, right? It's more weird that I've done it. So I've done it so many times. I couldn't even count how many times I, I, think, validated parking. I think validation, parking validation is a thing you're socialized to do or not. Like if, if you're like John, you're like, I don't know if this is, then you never ask, you never get validated. Well, sometimes they just offer it. They just offer it. Like uh GameStop once offered it to me. I went in there and said, yeah, I'm picking up Madden or whatever it was back when I liked Madden. Uh, cool. You need validation for parking. Oh yeah. Totally forgot. Sure. That'd be great. And they give it to you. So sometimes that happens. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they have a finite, finite amount of these stickers yeah, to give out or if how you're not it works. socialized it, you might go, I don't know what that is. No. That's <laughs> like, good, good point I, I, I even at the okay we have a place called shoppers drug mart here in canada i think it's your cvs right e- and we have this thing called yeah. an optimum card it's a drugstore okay you can you have an optimum card and it's a points card right they're everywhere and oh. they offered it to me 500 times because there's one near my house <laughs> and you'd always and turn fi- it down and i was like no i don't want that Optim- <laughs> another card in my back no uh, yeah, no card yeah. and then finally i was like you know maybe i should get a card i think i've spent ten thousand dollars here over the years and i didn't get a free movie tickets maybe i should so i got one but it took me a really long time to agree to getting an optimum card. that's funny so it john might have been offered it and he's like well what do i look like rich person well the thing is is i don't know what to get validated i don't have to pay for parking almost ever there's like no places to pay yeah. for parking that's true it depends also i'm trying to think it was only ever when i would go downtown and vegas like vegas yeah. you do a lot of parking validation although that wasn't always true either because long for a long time all the casinos had free parking because they just wanted your butt in there spending money and they didn't care it was an encouragement for you to park there and go gamble but now they now they charge so I don't know why. I just was always a thing. And I don't think someone in the chat, Benjamin says it's a Utah thing. And no. There's a whole Seinfeld well, had, episode. We have it here on. in Ottawa. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. a thing everywhere. I think if I spent more time in downtown Phoenix or 
you know, like downtown areas where there's big hubs of people, but I tend to avoid large crowds. So I don't go downtown. Well, plus the sun will murder you there. You'll die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like living here, there is literally a sky demon that will kill you if you're outside too long. Yeah. The more I hear about Phoenix, the more I'm like, or Arizona, the, the more scared I am of it. It was like generally. 118 like, degrees Fahrenheit or something the other day. Hundred and living, You know, all those levels, like they put levels in video games just to bring it back to video games where it's like, okay, the sun here is really hot. You have to move from shadowy area to shadowy area. And you know how every gamer responds to that? Yeah. They go, oh, I hate levels like this. <laughs> levels like this suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that it comes that analogy that you come up with it comes from a place of such deep fundamental yeah you truth. can feel it <laughs> it's so on the you nose can, you can feel it, it, it when so he makes says me it. feel like what you're feeling right now yeah yeah so look That's at this like going outside is. it's but, like do you want to take the garbage out it's like no i don't because it would be one of those levels to get there. Well, Bo, here's your here's your conversion in Canadian points. So 116 Fahrenheit is 46.66 degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's bad. That's hot. That's pretty bad. That's that's pretty bad. That's cook your lunch outside in five minutes and eat it and then die. Kind of hot. It's so hot. I mean, you're almost halfway to boiling. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh, it's really bad. And it's hot. Like, this, didn't you guys have your either most or second highest? recorded temperature or something in the city or something. Oh, yeah, we've been breaking records constantly. Almost every day we break the record for the high for all time. Huh. Not even like one a, of those where it's like, this is the highest it's been in 300 Is there a years. hole in the ozone layer above Arizona? <laughs> it's just like, the Arizona. It's just Arizona. <laughs> Arizona, one day, I'm sure of this, by the way. I told my brother this yesterday. He he's, lives there. Here's what I think is going to happen. One day, far-flung future, 1,000 years from now, a bunch of high-tech archaeologists could be digging through the rubble of whatever our societies were and they're going to get to arizona and they're going to be baffled they're going to go wait a minute these are buildings and people things there's an old car and stuff how was this possible how were they this was not even meant to be how how is this even a thing to do this should have been a wasteland of nothing no one should have lived here except some weird lizard that can get by and that's it (laughs) that's what they're going to do. And they're going to be boggled. They're going to go to the, they're going to have whole exhibits and they'll say, ah, the Arizona, the Phoenix, no one understands how the people survived there. But one day we might science might reveal how they lived. It's going to be crazy. I believe the town was named after the people who burnt to death every single day and somehow rose again. In yeah. The I don't know how COVID-19 even gets down there. People can't touch oh. their steering wheels for 10 minutes after they get in their car. Yeah. Guess what? We're one of the worst places because you're not the only person that believe that. A bunch of idiots here believe that too. A bunch uh, of don't worry, I'll cook off. Yeah, like, you can't survive in the sun. And everybody down here was like, "Oh, well, then we'll just do whatever." And mm. then it sucked. Yeah. It's still bad here. It's, it's just getting bad. better. But yeah. oh you feel a little God. tingly on your tongue. Just lick your car. Yeah. I leave your car in the sun and then lick it. I'll burn it all off. Yeah. Is that is that a good Phoenixian accent? Well, I just yeah, Phoenixian. Like I just, I'm I'm a Phoenixian. I just realized why you don't like. I just it just was compounded to me why you don't like desert settings in video games. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I get it. In fact, you're gonna love one of the games I played today, which we're gonna get to now because it goes where you want to go. So let's talk about that. I used a lot of Game Pass this week, and I played Wasteland Three first. Oh, interesting. Wasteland 3, sequel to Wasteland 2, which, of course, sequel to Wasteland 1. That's a dumb thing to tell everybody because obviously we know this. <laughs> you don't um, say. But it's important to note that uh, the Fallout series was inspired by the original Wasteland, so they're kind of firsties with all this. And uh, 
It's the story of a destroyed civilization trying to make their way. The states have basically become their own countries and have their own kind of militias and everything. There is, in fact, you you are coming from Arizona in the story as it begins. You are an Arizona Ranger, uh, skilled in all sorts of stuff. Well, you you decide what you're skilled in, but um, and you're going to Colorado, and so the whole thing's in like lots of snow and ice. So you're going to play in the winter, hey. snow and ice, no more desert. The last game was all desert, so. You'll you'll definitely like this change of pace. Um, here's wh- how I'm going to describe Wasteland Three, which I really like so far. I'm not super deep, and there's a reason why I had to pause it the other day, and I haven't come back yet. And I'll get to that in a second. But it is um, Divinity, the Divinity game where we've all played and are both still playing right now with his friends. Yeah. It's that game, but post-apocalyptic sort of. Mad Max town also with like some robots and some, you know, some little bit of sci-fi thrown, thrown in there, but it's, well, thank you. This is nice. Thanks. You're welcome. Sorry. My daughter brought me something. Um, uh, I was going to say, Oh, so it's, it's that game. That's the game. It's turn-based combat. It's, uh, deep character customization. When you first make your dudes and your ladies and, uh, you acquire new uh, people on your team as you go, and you can decide if you want to keep them or get rid of them. Um, there's storylines and quests that you got to get done, and you got to be careful. And some guy's good at seeing traps, and you better be good, or else you're gonna blow everybody up. And uh, there's lock picking skills, and for some reason, there's toaster repair. It's an actual skill line, and I haven't figured yeah, out what to do. That's just the Arizona thing. That must be. They, that's on our driver's license. If we're good at it, right? That makes sense now that you've said it. Uh, and then also. There's the animal, like talk to animals thing that's just like straight out of Divinity. Um, th- these games, the Wasteland games have always been deep like that. But but this just immediately made me go, oh, it's it's like that, but set in this world, which for me is my jam. So I am really into it so far. I think it's great. Some really great stuff. Storylines are great. The VO is great. It's just a cool thing. And the, and the combat, you know, plays out like an XCOM mission or something. Uh, except you're not just landing for a mission. You're, you know, you're continuing a story and moving around and all, all that sort of stuff. So I feel like I have to play this because yeah. it's so Arizona focused. I'm reading the description and here's what it says in wasteland three, the fate of Arizona depends on the fate of Colorado. Yeah. You're a desert ranger fighting a losing battle to keep your beloved Arizona alive. <laughs> like, okay. All right. That sounds important. They're very dedicated to Arizona and the Rangers they're a lot like Texas Rangers, kind of how they frame it. Uh, but complete character creation, customization, uh, loot changes everything how you look. There's a transmog system. Uh, just a lot of really deep stuff. And if, so if you like any, if you like the old Fallout games, or even the new Fallout games, but you know it's an isometric view sort of thing. It's all in 3D, really nice effects and everything. It's a modern game, but it's it's one of those. And so far, it's freaking fantastic. Now, here's why I paused it. Um, and it's on game pass or it's like 59 everywhere else. It's a normal full price game on PC and Xbox. But if you have game pass, you just play it. Um, it's, uh, what was I going to say it, it, Oh, I got to this part where I thought I'd have my whole group of four adventurers go up into a, an, an attic to look for some stuff. And that was a mistake. I should have sent the one guy up who has good trap, uh, detection and then disable the trap that was up there. Or if he wasn't skilled enough to just leave. Instead, I, I wadded everybody up and had them all go up there together. Too late when I saw the trap. 
blew everybody up and I realized my save was a while ago. So oh, no. it wasn't that big oh, a deal yeah. and I can get there really quick, but that isn't even the main reason I paused it. What happened is I went, oh, well, I'm dead. I better eat. I, I've been on here too long. So I quit the game. I come back later and on Brian Dunaway's recommendation, I downloaded Spirit Farrier, which is also on Game Pass. It's everywhere else as well. And it's a, a small game. I think it's 19 bucks, something like that if you buy it new. Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> that game looks amazing. I've been very curious. It's so, so cool. I, I don't even know how to start with this. Sad, the, but it's like, I know that, well, I'll let you talk. All you right. Talk. I'll try to, I'll try to do it justice. Um, uh, let me talk about some of the periphery first. The animation is insane. It's a 2d thing, but it's beautiful. And the moment, just moment to moment movement and animated anything, anything that moves is hand-drawn gorgeous, just beautiful, smooth personality, just really, really cool. Uh, that's a, just, it jumped out at me. The animation's crazy. Even this little fishing thing you do off the back of this boat to get fish stuff while you're between missions or whatever. Um, I usually hate fishing mini games, and I really like this one because it just looks so good. The way you cast it and it plunks in the water and the way you're like cranking it up. Anyway, you're this girl, and I forgot her name. Shoot, it'll come to me. It's like Debbie, <laughs> but it's not. Ruby, Flibby, Brittany. Flabby, Brittany, Flabby, Brittany. That's Stella. It. Stella, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally Stella. So Stella's this character. She's uh, got this big hat on. Looks like a star kind of. She's got a cat that just follows you everywhere. And you got this orb that you were given. By the dying spirit farrier, the person that is in charge of getting the dead over the threshold. It sounds dark, but it's not. It's actually very a light, fun game. But this big, giant kind of guy in a hood was like, All right, my time is over. You are the new chosen spirit farrier. Here's my orb of whatever, and you can do it now. So I get this orb, and the orb does all sorts of stuff for me. It transforms into an axe when I need it to. It transforms into a, a saw so I can cut down trees and get some wood while I'm at a at, a, at an island or something. Um it's basically kind of my own. Oh, it's my fishing pole when I go to cast and fish. Um, so it's got all these powers and abilities and, and uh, okay. So that's peripheral stuff, beautiful music, really amazing art style, all of that. But basically what this game is, is like Stardew Valley, animal crossing slash little wood slash these kinds of, you know, making relationships in the town, building new buildings, build crafting stuff, improving your technology, all of those ideas, but you're on this boat that you can increase its size. And on that boat, your job is to travel around to these different islands, get resources. It's all kind of random and weird sometimes, but also to find spirits that are ready to go to the other side. And your job is to get them to deal with their passing and then pass them to the other side uh, in this one part of the, of the map. And so you're on a boat all the time. You're always on a boat, but this boat you're building out. I've added gardens. I have um, a, 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 a section of it where I can grow plants and vegetables. And then I have a kitchen where I can cook those vegetables. And some of the denizens on the boat, I feed them. Um, my uncle, for some reason, is a big purple frog. And mm-hmm. I have to, you know, like you do. And so I have to feed him occasionally because he gets hungry and it keeps him happy if you feed him. So you're making different kinds of foods for that. Um, you grow stuff so that you can make different materials I just built a wood 
uh, what, what do you call a place where they work on wood? It's called a, a lumber mill. Lumber mill. And in the lumber mill, which is built again on my boat, there's like a little mini game to cut logs that you've cut down and you have to kind of do this thing with your controller to make sure it all sticks. But it's a, it's a, just a way to make sure you have better planks if you get skilled at it. Um, everything's got kind of a little bit of a mini game. There's this giant dragonfish in the middle of the ocean once in a while, kind of pops randomly. <coughs> you travel out to it and your job is to cut, is to break all the barnacles off of him. But the barnacles are really rare, um, uh, or, or, uh, um, what am I trying to say? Minerals, but the, but the dragon's miserable. So you get up on the dragon and you hit him with the thing. <coughs> excuse me, all the minerals fly out, you get them all, you collect them, you go to the back side of it, and there's a whole bunch of places on it where these barnacles have grown. You clear the dragon out, and that's a repeatable thing later when you see him again. So it's just like a fun little mini game. And then when you're traveling, sometimes you're just going from A to B, it's clear skies, beautiful out, and you just want to go on the back of the boat and fish off the back of the boat. And doing that, you're bringing in squid and weird fish, and you improve your fishing over time so you get bigger and better stuff. They're harder to catch. Those make better meals and or sell better when you go sell them in a town. You go to a new island. That island sells seeds and has secret stuff in it. And you talk to the people there. I don't know how to describe this thing better than any of what I've just said, except that it has got its hands around me so bad. It <laughs> and looks it's, good. Yeah. I am installing it now. I'm actually so far I'm downloading uh, all your recommendations. Good. Uh, while the show, this is perfect. The they're all, yeah. I want to say they're all around five gig a pieces all. So it's not too bad. Um, um but I will bigger. point out one small thing. Yeah, go ahead. I believe the game is called spirit farer or fairer. I thought it was spirit farrier because unless it is a completely different game that I found that looks exactly like the one you're talking about. It is S P I R I T F A R E R. Which yeah, I fair. only point out because I'm sure there are people out there who are hearing it that want it, and if they look for Spirit Farrier, they are not going to find so it. So Spirit Farrer? Fair, fairer. So Spirit Farrer. Well, that's, that's not as good a name. <laughs> you, you like, it's cause, that's cause like, spirit, I don't like this game anymore. I take back all, everything <laughs> I just said about Sp- it. Spirit Farrier sounds like Space Harrier. A little bit. I think it probably just Makes sense to our brain yeah, a little because when you said it, I was like, I knew it was wrong, but I was like, whatever. It's, I get it. And it's nothing like a <laughs> space harrier, I can tell you that. But it's a it's a really neat game. It's it's sweet and kind hearted and nice, but it's funny too and a little sarcastic and and it's just kind of relaxing. I don't feel like there's too much pressure, um, but the loop is really good, and you just get more to do, and those loops are very satisfying. At night, you have to go to sleep because. Um, you know, it's like, it, they kind of replicate that thing you get in a town, like in Stardew Valley. It's like, well, the sun's gone down. It's bedtime. No one's buying my stuff. I am exhausted. Got to go to sleep, save next morning. We have a new day. It's like that, uh, it has kind of a day night cycle. And so you're constantly kind of doing these activities through there. I'm just getting through all the parts where I'm building the new buildings, getting my deck filled out, uh, so that this boat just has more and more freaking shit on it. You can rearrange this all the time. You can just, if you decide you don't like the layout, you can put the kitchen on top and the gardens on the bottom or whatever. It's all 2D. Um, and, you know, when you when you raise your crops, you water them when it says they need water and that sort of stuff. So there's some of that kind of, you know, Stardew Valley slash, uh, what's the moon one? Harvest moon kind of 
vibe to a little bit, but it's also got its own jam because you're on this boat. It's a big mobile thing and you control it, where it goes and how, how it gets there. And there's a big map system that you just pinpoint where you want to go and you go there. And, um, there's so much more to it that I'm not giving it credit for, but I it's love rad. The look of the art in this. Oh, the you're going to love the incredible. art, dude. You're going to love the art. Like it's just the, one of the most charming looking games and it's so polished. And I just, so far, I just love it. And it just completely took me away from everything else I was playing to the point of, you know, it's almost like it's also a perfect like if you're just trying to get minerals, and you want to just go see if you can clear out some some goods from some wreckage and things that you find in the ocean. Uh, it's just a great game to like put something else on, you know, NBA playoff game playing and, and play this. It's perfect for that. You don't have to pay what? like excruciating <laughs> attention to it. Was it um, very sad, though? It seems like. It deals, Part of the game has to deal with death in the a little bit, but it's poetic way. It's yes, and it's not sad as much as it is. It embraces the idea that death is part of life, and that you take on this role of somebody who's important, crucial, in fact, to getting these spirits to the other side, whatever that may be. And okay. and it's like you're a you're 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 you know graciously helping them and gently helping them to realize where we are, what we're doing. And it's time that it's okay. And that it's time to go. And you might even get a, a nice fish dinner before you leave or whatever, like weird little things like that. And it's like your river sticks scenario. We did in TWBD a little bit, except not, there's no scary skeleton under a, under a hood. Ah, oh, Hesterbrook. I, I love playing Hesterbrook. <clears throat> right. But it's not that kind of like board my boat and I will take you to the river. St-. You know, it's not like that. It's mm-hmm. like this sweet sort of, fantastical thing and i don't know i feel like i'm playing a i don't know what to even compare it to it's like a studio ghibli movie but better animated even which says says something because those ghibli movies are nice or ghibli wherever you say it um it's very the cool closest thing it reminds me to not in game style would be the banner saga oh yeah Just yeah for the amount of attention paid to the aesthetic of animation and it's not designed to be realistic but styled Yes, but beautiful. Yes, and tone like totally consistent across the board. Everything yeah. feels like it just fits. And there's some really neat effects in it. Like this is definitely not like this isn't some of these eight bit game. This is like a modern looking aesthetic that's just so smooth and silky. And I'm running it on a G Sync monitor at 120 hertz, and it looks amazing. Oh my gosh! So anyway, can't recommend it enough. I love it, Spirit Farrier. It's rad. And shout out to Dunaway for saying that I would like it because I wasn't sure. Until I played it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It's hard to know. It could be a little bit too kitty and not. Yeah, and it's not at all. Like it's not the yeah, not at all. In fact, I wouldn't say it's adult, but there's definitely moments of like, I don't know. Some of the characters are super sarcastic. It's like this deer thing creature that you rescued, and he's always just kind of a dick, and he says things like, "Ah, yeah, you don't give a damn about the." I don't know. There's just like there's a little swearing, nothing harsh, but just enough to make you. Go, oh yeah, this isn't for some five year old, not this game. I don't know. It's it's really neat. I, I've wish listed it. Yeah, it's cool. I, I think you I, John, I know you're on Game Pass. You should absolutely give it a shot and see what you think. Oh, I should get Game Pass. Oh, yeah. All these I'm games right. are on Game Pass, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. In fact, everything I'm talking about today is Wasteland Three included. Which so we I know change I'm, the name of our show to Core, a Game Pass show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know <laughs> you would love uh 
Wasteland Three as well because it's just full of stuff like we're doing. In yeah, DVD. I'm. I was. I'm. I, that information was very helpful because Wasteland always looks like a game that's janky. Like when you look at the product pages mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. I've always ne- I've always hesitated hesitated to pull the trigger because I'm like, right. I'm playing B tier. This is B tier. Right. 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 So Wasteland Three is like, are they hitting the A tier notes? Sounds like it. Based feels on what feels said, like so. A tier. Yeah. And if yeah. it feels like, also they got a huge bunch of money from Microsoft to finish out this game or to do it. Um, it was showcased at E3 last year in the Microsoft conference, and there, there's something there, some connection. It's not the, they, they didn't develop it directly, but there's some you know helping hand with Microsoft. I think it shows. It's super polished and you know modern looking and all that. I just think you'd, I think you'd like it. Uh, and then I played. I haven't gotten very far yet, but somebody had told me that new Super Lucky's Tale game was good, uh, like real good, like Mario level good. And I said, oh. Well, I'm always down for an alternative Mario that I can play on a PC or something. Let's see if this one actually does it. And I'm only three levels in, and I gotta say, Super Super or New Super Lucky's Tales, pretty freaking rad. Uh, I'm not far enough to give it any kind of full review or anything, but it's I good. Like that it, I like that it's developed and published by Playful Corporation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like those two words don't really go well together. No. <laughs> They don't. They're very serious. Corporations tend to be very serious. And they're on, it's on Steam. It's course Game Pass is where I'm playing it because I just mentioned that's all I'm doing this week. But it's currently enjoying a pretty positive review uh, everywhere I've seen, if you care about reviews like we were talking about earlier. But game's pretty cool. I'm going to keep trying it. It's got a lot of hidden stuff. Very Mario open worldy, kind of a Mario 64 kind of uh, take on things. You're, Instead of stars, you're collecting pages of a book, and then that opens other levels. So it reminds me a lot of the N64 Mario game, and this that's is, not a what, bad thing. So this is what I mean about how like how amazing you are. Oh, I don't know about because this because I'm looking at this game. It's new Super Lucky's Tale, right? Yeah. Released 21 August. Yeah, you know it has it's positive in Steam, has 17 reviews. You know, like you Mm -hmm. will find that game, Mm -hmm. that gem, and you will try it and you will play it. Whereas someone like me will go 17 reviews and dismiss it completely, like without talking to you, right? If I just happen Mm -hmm. to stumble on it, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sure it's fun for the 17 people who enjoy it. It's just the impression I get when I'm moving on. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's great to hear these things. I just, I just love that you do that, actually. Well, I think it's, well, everyone will do that. I appreciate that. I, I basically, I think it's like, it's a, not a sequel, but a pseudo sequel to a VR game called Lucky's Tale, which was on Oculus as a launch tale, the original Oculus Rift. And I think this is that same character. I'm not sure, but this doesn't have anything to do with VR at all. It's just like a straight up 3D platformer. And it's just clean and tight. The controls are tight. The mystery stuff like where you're find, trying to find pieces of things are not too hard, but just hard enough where you feel smart when you get them. Just has a nice, it feels nice. I, I like it. And it's on Game Pass. So don't spend the, what is it? thirty nine ninety nine everywhere else. Get it on Game Pass for five bucks a month. I feel like Microsoft owes us money for all this advertising. I know, but as we establish, yeah. maybe we owe them money. Maybe. But I think I like it better when they give us money. If I had to pick. True that. Um, no, we're influencers. I mean, how many sales have we made? So how, listeners, if you if you bought an Xbox Game Pass, yeah, because of what we said, write in. And if we, if Scott's box has ten thousand messages in it, then maybe we'll take a screenshot and send it over to them and say you're welcome. And see yeah. what happens. Yeah, I, like maybe they'd do something. Who knows? But uh, John, you also it says here that you played some Fall Guys. I also played Fall Guys. I'm curious what you think. 
of Fall Guys. I like it. It's a charming little game. I can see why it's as popular as it is. It's like uh, PUBG and or you know uh, what's the other one? The popular one. Uh, but uh, it's Fortnite. 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 That's, that's the <laughs> wow. game. World. You know Impressive. that one. Uh, it's like that without any of the pressure. Like it. It just there's something that feels good about. I mean, it was the thing that I was saying week after week. I don't want to get good at a game right now. And that game is a way to do online competitive without me feeling like I have to get good. It feels like I can just get in there and go, I'm going to be bad at this. I'm probably not going to win. I'm probably not going to get that crown. Who cares? I'm going to just have fun and kill some time and be a stupid little bean and run around and uh, maybe put on a costume like, and that's all it needs to be for me. So yep. I'm having a great time with it. I have a mouthful of food. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. You apologize. Like, I don't know how it happened. I I'm sitting here. I was listening to John talk <laughs> and one thing led to another. And now I got a mouthful. He, he could have, he could have just <laughs> let me and you talk and you know, <laughs> He put it in his mouth and he turned right. He's like, I got food in my mouth. Uh, and there was just like this moment where I thought, if I don't get a bite of this thing before uh, the end of the show, I'm going to die. So I had to hurry up and do it. And then I thought, oh, he's probably not going to go too long about these beans chasing each other. And then it occurred to me, oh, crap, he's almost done talking about beans chasing each other. I got to talk. And I still had food in my mouth. Anyway, I don't now. It's all swallowed. So anyway, that game is stupid fun. And kind of my, that's my kind of battle royale. Like That's my elimination game idea of fun. More than just shooting dudes or building crap the way Fortnite does. I love the idea of let's just run. If you got through the door the right way, good on you. If you got enough eggs in your basket on the mini game, great. Uh, if you got past some griefer a-hole at the finish line who pushed you off the edge, great. Uh, there's some griefing in that game. Gosh dang it, griefers, dude. Oh. <laughs> Bastards. I like to just grab people every now and then. It's fun. It is There's fun. nothing more fun than just occasionally just going and, and just grabbing and somebody. It's, and it's part of the game. So it's not like, you know, this is a, it's not like somebody's cheating. It's just that this is what'll happen, Bo. Tell me this isn't the most annoying thing you've ever heard. You start with 60 of you. You're all these little weeble wobble looking dudes. Mm-hmm. The whistle blows and you're all just going through this big maze. The whole game, everything about the game reminds me of it like a Dreamcast game. It's so weird. Um, but you're all running through. There's big obstacles. Fans are kicking people out and pushing them off the edge. And you got to try to navigate all this. It's like playing one of those weird Japanese um, game shows or or like Wipeout here in the States, which was yeah. like, you know, try to knock everybody off the obstacles or whatever. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it the Japanese Extreme Challenge or something like that? Yeah. Like that. Or, or uh, there's another in name. In the 2000s. What do they call it? M- like the guy MC that the guy that has to fit through the shape. <laughs> the wall yeah. that has the shape oh yeah that. and if you don't fit through it it knocks you into the water yeah all that yeah. stuff yeah. um so you do a, a series of these and you knock out competitors until you get down to the, the final eight i think or six whatever it is and then you all do one more course to try to get the crown i've yet to win the crown although i came really close once um but here's what happens tell me this is the most annoying thing ever 60 uh-huh. of you start you're all running to the end only 30 are going to get past this level or past this, or is it 40? Whatever it is, 32, something like that, are are eligible to, to move on to the next round. Anybody who gets right. left behind or is too slow, you're out. You go start another match, okay. like a battle royale. Um, here's the problem. Somebody who got up to the line or up, up to the finish line, you can see up top how many of, of 40 have made it through. So it'll say 15 or 40, 16 or 40, 17 or 40. 
as people cross the finish line. They disappear once they do that. People will stand there by this finish line, turn around and stare at people running up there and do a combination of things. Some will come Mm -hmm. up and they'll just reach over and grab them and hold them and just annoy them for a minute while someone else gets in before he does. But then he might let him go. In some cases, depending on the level, he might shove them off or pull them off to the other side. Um, You can't do too much jostling, but you can do a little. And it's really frustrating because it just seems like that person must be a giant dick in real life. Okay, so that's happening. Okay. But then the (laughs) the worst is the person who stands at the line and just stands there knowing that whoever number forty, whoever number thirty nine is, yeah. he'll make it. So he's thirty nine, and you've gone through all this trouble and you've run all this weight. You're now four feet away from the freaking line, and he just backs up and it's over. And poof, you're oh, dead, you're out. Oh, <laughs> so he? Okay, I see. He, it's like gloating, or, or you know, it, he's made it, but he's delayed it. It's like slow rolling in poker or anything yes. like that, right? When and you have the winning hand, but you just kind of hold it and be like, I guess you won. No, just kidding. Like, that's a good way to get shot. I wish there was more of an incentive for, or I wish there was a way to to counter that. Like, maybe there'd be a way to push that, to, to foil there, it, him. There sort of is. I'm not so good at it then. So if you actually is. are in the top level of people to qualify, yeah. you'll typically get an award, which awards more experience for the rewards so uh, if somebody was there really early yeah. now granted you know if you're number 35 and then you do that it's not going to matter but if you're in the early like first percentage yeah. sometimes you'll get an award for it and it'll get you more experience towards your season rewards so oh so if you do that you're throwing that away in favor of the grief yeah at Which- least if you were in the early spot if you're not in that you know early percentage of people getting across then yeah grief away okay well yeah some of those people are just Mm. they're like the joker they get up there early and then they just stand there and they just wait for the second to last guy to come and then boop step over and just piss them off they just want to give you hope so they can take it away (laughs) so in looking at the game because i've seen some i mean to my shame i watched dr disrespect and don't be shamed some other guy play it i can't remember who like PewDiePie, I think, or something like that. Mm. I watched it for all of 10 minutes, but I get the impression the game was not designed cute and cuddly for kids. It was designed for griefers. <laughs> like, this, this game this is the game for griefers. Like every game gets griefer, ruined griefers fun. Usually the griefing stuff gets patched out. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't get patched out, the normally normal players who don't want to be griefed leave and the game becomes unpopular. So most companies have to do it. But there's got to be a way to have both. And to me, this game seems like it's trying to do both. It right? may it's be. To be yeah, like I think that's fair. It is trying to straddle that line because yeah. it, there are ways to to play very competitively and win. And, you know, there's all the challenges with that. But like a real version of this, there would be people trying to hold you back or push you off when you tried to get on the, the log you were on. Or, you know, th- there would be that kind of cutthroat sort of stuff like there is in Wipeout and these other competitive sort of people games that people play on these game shows. So to me, because this isn't a cooperative experience at all, it's all one being to rule them all. That's the goal. They, they do have some of that in there, but it's not a ton of it. Like you can't hold someone indefinitely. You can't hmm. push them too far. You can't, you know, there's a little bit of that, but there's not n- enough of it to truly, really, truly screw somebody up except for these couple of ways right toward the end. And so in theory, you're good enough that you're getting, you're running past that guy who's going to grief anyway, and you're already, you know, 
you're already over the finish line and who cares what he does. No. Maybe so, they'll fix it. Maybe they'll yeah. do something like put there's stuff they can do. This is fixable. Yeah. There is a bridge yeah. level where a guy stands on a log and blocks you from going up the log. That guy can eat a giant penis. He can die. <laughs> he or a vagina. Let's be inclusive. Oh, you could eat it. Yeah. yeah, you could totally eat a vagina. Yeah. Whole. You just eat the whole a thing. giant one. Yeah. Big giant vagina. One bite. But what I'm saying is like, there's this, there's this one <laughs> choke point. One bite is my new. <laughs> That's my favorite anime now. <laughs> Vagina one bite. There you go. You guys the newest episode. But it's like a single log, and it's the choke point, and you can't get in there any other way. This is bad. But there's no way to get onto that log if somebody's in your way, or if they are, you got to be really good to not get off that log. And by the time you end up fighting that guy, you're just screwed. Now he's putting himself in a precarious situation because if you knock him off or he gets bungled up, then he's going to lose all his uh, lead. And so it actually is a super risky move. But when they pull that off, it's just so aggravating. You just want to kill somebody. But in a way, it's, I, I kind of like that about it. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So that's what that's what keeps people talking about it. Because if it was just if it was so just nice and competitive and like, hey, we just ran next to each other and it was whoever ran the best. Like nobody's going to talk about that beyond the first experiences. You have to have ways to screw people over and, uh, you know get one up on everybody, but also sometimes, you know, something goes wrong at the beginning. I had one where I took a tumble right at the finish line Mm -hmm. and people kept bumping into me and I kept just spinning around and getting knocked over at the finish line, (laughs) flailing around. And I basically rolled across the finish line as the last person to qualify. (laughs) I was terrified. I was just like, no, I was screaming, but that's the stuff you remember about the game. Yeah. I made this sound (laughs) multiple times in that game. (laughs) That's not just I Resident my, Evil. You gotta warn me, Scott. I know. I feel I it in my like, <laughs> you know, my tailbone. <laughs> I really did though. Like multiple times, I squealed like a pig, and it's just, it's, it's great. It's very cool. I'm super stoked for this small developer. The publishers, I mean, uh, uh, not Red Dead Revolver. What are they called? Revolver Digital. Red Dead Devolver. <laughs> yeah, Devolver Digital. Jeez. They make it. They put out a lot of great games, a lot of great indies and things, and this is one of theirs. And but the devs had. They, they've said time, multiple times that this just shattered their expectations over and over and over. Like it did, they did not see this thing being as big as it is. And it is enormous. Just you people, guys both own it. Yeah. We bought yeah, it. Right? I bought it. Yeah. Steam. You guys both talked about it. Of course you own it. Okay. So what I'm going to do is not today, but maybe in a little bit, I'm going to pick this up. We you should, should pick it up. Screen. We can go, we oh, can group too. You you have the PS4, right? It's, I mean, I like on- griefing. <laughs> Yeah, if you like it's, PS4 or if you have a PS4 now, it's free on PS Plus, but you have to be a PS Plus member, I guess. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, well, either way, I'll figure it out. Just not right now, but maybe by next week. Or yeah, yeah, we can because uh, you can. Like a, we haven't played games in a little while. I know, I really want to and play this is a good, this is a good goofy throwaway thing that isn't going to make us stay up till five. You know what I mean? Like we could play this and have our have our fun and. And yeah, leave it. I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I'm doing with friends is, you know, mm-hmm. watch me log off and then we're good. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to watch Bo log off. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it sounded just sounded dirty. But what I'm saying is like uh, uh, you can group, but you can't. It's not co-op, really. You're just sort of randomly in this giant throng of people. But it's yeah. still fun yeah. with friends. It's really Then you fun. get to watch your friends if they moved forward and you get to root for them and. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> watching Biff it, and- right? All that stuff. It's a great little dumb thing, and I'm I'm really glad it's successful for them. It's a nice. It's one of those stories 
in gaming where you're just like, oh, a little team did it, man. That's pretty cool. Are there any $100 costumes in it? Um, no, but they you can definitely pay for costumes in it, but I don't think any are a hundred. Yeah. You can pay t- like $10 costume packs, but also their, their season pass thing is all, you, you don't boost it by buying a season pass. You, you just play it. You just okay, un- cool. unlock stuff. Yeah. It's cool. not, it's not one of those games. It's like doom's doing that. You don't buy the season pass, but they have seasonal rewards. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like if Fortnite just let you unlock stuff on a, on a line of things that you unlock with levels. It's just, you know, it just looks like a one. It looks like one of those things you see all the time, where it's get this level and unlock this. You know, like that kind of side. Uh, it, and everyone's doing it, basically. But it's not a game where they're trying to nickel and dime you. And the and the costume packs are great if you want to look like a can of pop or a hot dog or whatever. They they're happy to. Sell What's you. your favorite look? I like the hot dog on the bottom and the can on top. <laughs> Because you can mix and match it. Oh, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So I like, oh, yeah, I, like I like mi- I like mixing it. Uh, those oh, are John. Do you have a favorite? I haven't gotten good enough to afford anything. The only thing I've been able to buy is I changed my color scheme, so I'm uh, black and neon green, and I think I have lightning bolts on me. Oh, it sounds oh. cool. Uh, it doesn't have to be one you own. It can be just one you've seen some cooler player. Like, oh, oh my god, look at his sweet skin. I think I saw someone as a penguin. I thought that was kind of cute. I, I know on the page for Steam, there's somebody wearing a head crab, and I thought that was neat. Oh, yeah. they have. That's the other thing is they have, like, funny referential stuff like that and, I don't know, weird animal stuff, and it's just weird. It's cool. <laughs> they got all kinds of skin potential in this game, for sure. Uh, by the way, someone, it looks like Wiki Kitten captured this. Let's see what this is. I like to watch Bo log off. Oh, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> good yeah, pull good pull that was great nice job that's gonna be a mashup oh yeah guaranteed all right finally crusader kings 3 which i also installed and intended to play because that thing's reviews from places i trust is off the charts they're like this is the greatest one of these ever made and i just kept thinking well yeah okay well let's let's check it out it's it's paradox interactive it's the guys that made stellaris and the uh what's the other imperialis Cerilius, or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> yeah, that's not it. But it's, it's apparent. No, um, Europe. Universalis. Universalis. Universalis Europeanus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. You got it. Something like that. Anyway, it's supposed I to be. I was worried you wouldn't figure it out. It's the Crusader Kings three's third in the series. Supposed to be amazing, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to play this, and it won't launch for me. I don't know why I can't launch it. It doesn't even give me the anything. It just sits there. So I got to. Go install, reinstall. But John, you got to run. You played a little. What's your hot take? I played a very little. I don't have a take. I'll be back next week. We'll probably talk about it unless I get pulled too far into one of the four games Scott got me to download this episode. (laughs) I'm just too enthusiastic um, about my picks this week. I can tell. I'm I'm really excited to play it based on the reviews. I've been looking for a kind of new Civ style game and everything I read about this was that it was amazing and I kind of can't wait uh, to get in and try it. And so, yeah, I've basically gone in. I started the tutorial. I was in the middle of the tutorial and, you know, it was doing it was doing the tutorial stuff that we all know how to do. So I wasn't exactly real in depth yet, but they definitely seem like they want to give you an easy way to understand it. It's got that thing where dialogue boxes pop up 
and anything that you might want additional context in, you can hover over and it'll tell you what that is. So, oh, yeah. you know, if they say something like infantry, you highlight it and it'll say, these are your ground units and da, 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 da. Yeah. And what's weird is it actually goes layers deep with that. So you will get a, a pop-up that will have an underlined piece of text and you can mouse over the top of that. And then that pop-up might have more items that are underlined and you can mouse over that within that window Whoa. and get a third one. Like you can get all sorts of windows up just to make sure that you're understanding the concepts and all of that. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to probably take me a while to get an idea uh, and get my head around it because I have never played any of the games like Crusader Kings or Europa Universalis. There you or go. Any There's of the name. Those. I've, uh, I've never, I've never played any of those. So it's, it's kind of all a hundred percent new for me, but I'm excited to try it. It looks like it has a lot of the stuff that, uh, Scott, you were running into with like old world. Is that what it was? Old world. Old. Yes, it is old world. Yes. The name you love. Uh, so <laughs> it has a lot of that stuff where, you know, like, Oh, we, you know, this person wants you to, you know, cheat on your wife with, you know, this person. And will you do it? Oh, cool. I like when they get all meta like that. I think that's you gotta great. Get into the politics of it. And so I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really looking forward. All right. To I'm going to get that thing to run so that we can talk about it next week. It's a little more detail. See what we think about it. Um, is it, have you played two though, John? Sorry. No, never played. Two. I've never played any I ha- of them. I, I tried playing two. I bought it like a half a year ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't really talk about the show. It was really hard to get into. So the appealing thing about three is that it's, what I'm seeing is it's much easier to get into. Yeah, it's so, a lot more accessible. Yeah. What's or it's supposed to be? What I what really pushed me toward installing it was during the week, I was having a conversation with um, a friend that works at IGN on Twitter, just publicly on Twitter, and Paradox piped in to the conversation and said, "We're always trying to make these games more accessible to more people without losing the depth that they're known for. So if you've got Game Pass." Just give it a shot and tell us what you think. Like they were actually promoting that, hey, it's on Game Pass, so what's what's the harm? You know, go just well, give it a shot. One of the other comments I saw about two that was a Steam review, but Crusader Kings also has 500 DLCs. Oh, my Lord. And the, like, go look. It's like if you really want to get into Crusader Kings yeah. all the way, like it adds rules. It's like Civ. It adds rules. It adds components. It's not just extra skins. So anyone really wanting to get it in the Crusader Kings 2, it's not enough just to buy the base game. Yeah. You need to spend $1,000 on well, all the, the That's true. Like Those guys are that way with everything. Stellaris has a million. Uh, they, still yeah. have, they still have new content coming out for that game all the time. Uh, what's the other one? The Europeanus one has a million yeah. packets of Euro, stuff. Europeanus 4. Well, they've got, yeah, they've got a <laughs> lot of games. Like Don't they do Tropico as well? Uh, oh, are they Tropico? I don't know. I don't know if that's them. They do. Uh, they do a lot of stuff, and and it is the it is the trend with them. And it doesn't look like Crusader Kings Three is going to buck that trend because mm. I see on Steam you can already buy into a Royal Edition, which gets you a bunch of cosmetic packs that are going to be released and an expansion pack that's coming out, and it's already promising you downloadable content that's to come. So. I, I think it's definitely still going to fall on into that. You know, if you pick up this game, there's going to be frequent buy-ins on content going forward. But yeah. if it's your if it's your thing, if it's what you play, you know that's that's probably worth. Well, I've just never seen so many ten out of ten scores for a game. 
I don't know how. I, I, that's why I just I want to get over the learning curve because I need to understand why. Yeah. yeah. I, I suspect Crusader Kings 2 is a game that sounds super cool that everyone wants to play and couldn't, and 3 is the one that's going to let them play it. I hope so. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of pissed. I'm just super mad now. I went to the Crusader Kings 2 page on Steam, and it's now free to play, apparently. <laughs> what? Have you I, bought it I, half a year ago? I thought it, I thought it I paid has like been a high a while, price but... for it. That's I a bummer. Know. I was going to Google it and I ended up typing free. It doesn't so. seem like a free weekend. It, like the labels now Crusader Kings 2 free to play. Like that's what that's the <laughs> subtitle under it. John, like, I do that all the time on Google. I, I kind of bought it at full price because yeah. well, I was sure, really curious. Yeah, yeah, scroll down. When your Imperial collection of content for the game is $263.29, I guess you can throw people a bone. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise add me. all the DLC to this free game that's available on Steam to your cart, you will pay $305.71. Jeez! Yeah. John, that's like you yeah. getting the Lifetime uh, Star Trek Online deal. <laughs> Almost. You get that's- more out of this than that, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by the way, hey, there, these are... <laughs> I might go play that game. Yeah, I've been but, hearing all right things about that game. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, by the way, I was just teasing. It's fine. We've all done yeah, it. We've I bought all a twenty dollar golden gun in Planet Side Two. We've all, we've all done that. By the way, Surviving Aftermath. The Aftermath is a game they're also working on at Paradox. That's the one I got on Epic Early Access, and I really like that game too. Although I haven't checked in on updates lately, but when that thing hits one point I'm I'm all back in on that. Um, all right. Well, there's your games, uh, John or Bo. Real quick, I wanted to hear the story about. Uh, Dante, that your new friend, Dante. Oh, this was awesome. So by the way, everyone, one of the most exciting things that has happened to me last week, last Friday, I want to say, I got gigabit internet is starred. I'm super stoked. <laughs> Sorry, was that weird? I didn't know what I was going <laughs> no, for, was so fine. it just came out strange. That was <laughs> it. You're so excited. In the middle of it, I was like, what am I doing? what is this? Find what it is. And I just didn't. I don't know. Um, but it was really great. I was super stoked and it was not a price increase. Like the service provider I'm with Bell Canada, they're just offering it now. And I just happened to check the site and saw that they were offering it for the same price. I was like, install it. Um, so the guy who installed it was a nice young man in university, although not going to school because of the, because of the vid COVID. But um, he's, you know, just starting out as a technician for the company. And um, uh, his name is Dante. If you're listening, Dante, hello. But one of the craziest things happened. We were just chatting. It seemed like he was into video games and he saw my setup and he's like, oh, wow, you got a 50 foot TV for one of your monitors or 50 inch TV for one of your monitors. And, you know, his press asked me questions. It turns out he's a bit of a gamer. Yeah. And what game does he like to play? Hmm. Heroes of the Storm. Oh, interesting. I so rarely run into strangers that can understand the things about Heroes of the Storm that we all talk about on the show, but mm. in real life. Yeah. And um, I was super impressed. And then I told him about what I did. And he's like, really? Wow. You know, like, and he was like, yeah, you know, you talk about installing things that, you know, quasi-famous people's houses or something like that. And I was like, I'm not famous, but, you know. You'll yeah, like, I, <laughs> I'm really into Heroes of the Storm. You found some, <laughs> you're installing a house in, like, you know, Heroes of the Storm podcaster's place. Now, he didn't listen to our show. And he, didn't know what he didn't know who we were, but they were trying to play professionally, and he had a team, and they were playing every day. You know, all the things that mobile players do when they find each other and try to go hard at it. 
and uh, it was great. He might listen it now. Was, Did you tell him where the show was and all that? You should tell him to check it out. Uh, I mean, he knows my name. If he looks at me, I was fine. But, you know, I don't, I'm not like that. Hey, nice to meet you. You should listen to my shows. Yeah. You know, like so. But I brought it up, you know, uh, all that I do. He was really into the fact that we play D&D 2. Like a pretty cool 40-year-old, guys. Like, <laughs> you know, I played Dungeon Master. I play video games. I understand all the stuff. He was very stoked to be speaking to me, and I was very stoked to be speaking with him. I want, I want Dante to become your personal houseboy. That's what I want. Can that No, happen? let's not do this. No, no, please. <laughs> Dante. Scott immediately made it weird. Dante, please bring me my pepperoni sticks, please. Thank you, Dante. No, he's, he's an internet installer. He'll oh. bring you your gigabit internet uh dante please please go test my wi-fi please dante please thank you i'll be here waiting yeah. for you dante. It's a great name by the way i didn't really comment on that to him but no, dante's great he's got a peak can't get mad at anyone named dante you're yeah. just like wow he's got a peak he's got an inferno dante's got it going on man mm-hmm. he sometimes deals with devils that may or may not cry right oh yeah yeah, yeah they may or well he not. wasn't even supposed to be here today that dante yeah like, <laughs> I, don't know, I also don't know any Dantes in real life, so it's kind of cool to know someone who knows someone. Named Dante. I know. I just look at him like you're a Dante. That's what a Dante looks like. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a great experience. That's awesome. I Thank always, you for installing this wonderful internet. That's a great thing to hear here at the end of our show today. Uh, today. The happy story of Dante and, and Bo. We'll check in next week to see how they do <laughs> on the next episode of Bo and Dante together at last. Just kidding. He seems like a nice guy. All right, that's gonna do it for today's show. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. Because uh, I told you that I'm like, you know, <laughs> uh, he's a young man. No, I know. And, yeah, yeah. Of a certain age. And I don't want to make sex jokes about people way younger than me. Cause yeah, because yeah, it's weird. I, I hit it. that age where I don't, I'm like, no, don't do that. It's, you know, it's yeah, weird. It's wrong. It's, it's always a little weird. I get it. Uh, people that check it, zoom me away, it says, Scott. That's all he says. Like, <laughs> basically, my mom or my wife or something. Well, in there. he's just doing it because Scott's just doing it because he knows he knows he can tease me about it. It's fun. It's oh fun. yeah, because we're all we're all friends here. Uh, all right, that's it for the show. We'll be back next week with another one. And if you like it, you might want to run over there to Patreon.com/slash/CoreShow and support the show. We really, really appreciate those who do already. If you haven't, there's great rewards to doing so. In fact, you get a bunch of bonus episode content from today's episode. Uh, right away so even if you signed up for like a buck tonight you'd get it uh, so go check that out that's at patreon.com slash core show everything else can be found at frogpants.com slash core and we're at core pod on twitter that's gonna do it for us for me for Bo, for john we'll see you next time This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. I like to watch Bo log off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.